it's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horror movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. Each episode, I delve into the world of horror movies. Why do I do it? Well, I can't really explain it, but I love these horrifying flicks. If you made a horror movie on your phone or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you mix a popular franchise, martial arts, and tone down the fatalities? Why, you get... One way to get the goddamn podcast started. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Terrell Terror Podcast. And of course, this episode I am doing Mortal Kombat. I can't yell it the same way. How about you? Mortal Kombat! Okay, Pat yeah. just blew everybody's ears out. Hey, I did back away from the mic a little bit. <laughs> so, special guest this week, Paranormal Pat, sitting right across the table from me. Uh, because now he lives down the couple of doors from where I live. So, we're in the same vicinity. Um, I would have came over anyway, though, so, because well, it's Mortal true. Kombat. Because <laughs> it's fucking Mortal Kombat. Well, we tried, we tried to get you to do the uh, Street, Street Fighter episode, but everything kind of fell apart in yeah. the way that was. And but I was honestly, like, I'd rather do Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I'm mad than the Street Fighter, but Street Fighter has some of your favorite lines. It does. In it. You know, for me, it was a Tuesday. <laughs> classic. Or, you you know, came of course, to fight a man, man but instead you, you found, found a god? god? <laughs> oh man see at I least you didn't see that did you <laughs> so all from the Kombat. same person too by the way <laughs> oh i know i know it's all fucking uh Raul Julia. but uh-huh. we can go home <laughs> <laughs> fucking van damn man well at least there is a giant difference between these two movies in terms of the quality of uh well okay uh you got two frenchmen in it one in each fucking movie when it comes to both of these things. So the Mortal Kombat, okay? So this is of of this trilogy of podcasts that mm. we're going through. This is the one that I will say right off. This is the for me the best adaption of a video game out of these three movies that we're going to do. Yeah. The last one, it's it's a I'd honestly say it's a better adaption than even Street Fighter is, but it's poorly executed. Yeah, uh, where the, this one I feel it stuck like it's more just, to the lore of everything compared to correct. to a Street Fighter did. Yeah. But but yeah. we we all know the way that that one goes, uh, and we'll talk about that one as we get towards the end of this podcast. But uh, Mortal Kombat here, it, it's you have uh, the the most star studded person on this cast is Christopher Lambert, like like in terms of at the time, right there in ninety five, because you got Robin Shu. Uh, mm-hmm. If I'm saying that name wrong, please, I'm sorry, well, but it's H S H I O H. There's only so, two things I can really think of him from. Beverly Hills Ninja? 
the, yeah, the two this... Mortal Kombat movies and <laughs> Beverly Hills Ninja. And he was in something a little while ago that I recognized him in, and I can't think of it off the top of my head. And I'm pretty sure we could pull it up. Uh, and it's not to say there aren't good performances uh, in the movie from different people. Of course, the guy that steals the fucking show in this movie is, and I'm going to butcher this name too as well, is Kerry Hiroyuki uh, Tagawa, who plays Shang Tsung. And hands down, probably the best, one of the best parts of this movie, besides the guy that plays Kano, besides the guy that plays Johnny Cage. Those are probably my three favorite performances when we're talking about this movie. I'm not really going to ruin anything uh, by me saying that right away, because I'll end up gushing over everybody. But there are a couple other people that are uh, surprisingly voices in it. Frank Welker happens to be one. Uh, he does something, He it's weird, he does the voice of somebody in this movie. And then I don't even remember him talking that much. And then of course at the end, and then you got Kevin Michael Richardson, who you may not recognize right away, but you know, the voice when he you hear death the voice race too. Yeah. He was in death race and death race too. I think he was up to like death rates, like eight or something. Like I don't that. see the, I don't see the first death race. Oh, there it is. Yep. Death race, death race two, death race two, three inferno. Yeah. I think he did a lot of the, the death race uh, movies. Uh, Black Tiger, he was in Sleeping Dogs. Uh, Cold Case from 2019 was a TV. Well, Sleeping Dogs, that's a video game. Yes, I know. He was in Dead or Alive. Remember that? I never saw it, but... <laughs> that only has that one scene that I can remember where it's like uh, the girl in the hotel room and the officers come in and she's not wearing a bra. And then they pull a gun on her and she has like... Does all these martial arts to put on a bra? Wow, man, he! Did, I saw this movie, but it was a long time ago, and I don't really remember it. But he was in the Street Fighter Legend of Chung Lee. Oh, that's right. He was. Uh, that was the one that I was like, "Oh, that's where he's from." He was playing uh, Chun Li's master, uh, Gen. Gen, yeah. So he, yeah, man, he was Again, in both they, franchises. He, man, he, and did, they fucked he up made the crossover. <laughs> he did the crossover. Yeah, so if they were to do a Mortal Kombat cross a Street Fighter game, then you know where he's going to be. Mm-hmm. He's all of us going to. It's going to be like the two Spider Mans showing up. It's you. It's you. <laughs> no, Liu Kang and, and Gen is just going to do the fusion dance, and that's going to be the character you have <laughs> the, to play. <laughs> then what the hell they're going to become? Uh, Liu Gen. <laughs> Liu Gen. Uh, so Mortal Kombat is definitely a movie that. Right now, it's available on Netflix. Like, it literally just hit there, I think, at the beginning of the month of April. Yeah. So, if you haven't had a chance, would you say to watch it first? Oh, yes. No, first. First? Before you listen to the podcast. If you've never if seen you've it, I say yes. If you're a Mortal Kombat fan and you've never seen the Mortal Kombat movie, then yes. Okay. So, I, I would say yes because, uh, as you're going to find out, as we're going to talk about this, the middle of the movie is nothing but fighting. Well, yeah. But the, thing, the other reason why I say watch it is because if you're a Mortal Kombat fan now, and, you're, yeah. and you played 11 especially, that's when they made that movie canon. Mm-hmm. So everything in that game, if there's something that might not make sense, like the island, or, you know what I mean, like you get more of an idea about Shang Tsung, you get it from, you can get it from the movie. Yeah. So you, you have, and actually the actor that portrays Shang Tsung in the movie, exactly. he plays Shang Tsung in the crypt in yep. Mortal Kombat 11. And they, they end up making him a DLC character, so you can play him, too. Oh, so now you can actually fight as him. Oh, yeah, and it's great, all the dialogue, you know, especially since they oh, added all right. that. that's right, I remember that yeah. they actually did that stuff with yeah. him. Yeah, you know, so, like, especially with um, some of them, like, 
some of the DLC characters like with Spawn. He's like, hmm, Spawn, the Hell Demon. <laughs> just like you know, it was like this whole monologue for each one. It's great. It's it's crazy what they've kind of done with like everything that's Mortal Kombat is all kind of come full circle. And I know that they've done a reboot of everything because they took the story and they basically kicked it back to the past mm-hmm. and they restarted everything again yeah. to the point that they may restart things again. Who knows? No, well, no, Don't want to alert. ruin the last one <laughs> if you haven't played it. Yeah, okay. Like, I mean, it's been out for over a year, but... Yeah, true, but there might be some people that really hadn't thought about, oh, I'm going to play it. Well, I guess if it's a year old. And I guess I just do nothing but spoil movies on this podcast. So, I guess, yeah, you can say... Basically, from what I gathered from it is if they make another Mortal Kombat game, which you know they probably will. Oh, they're will, probably going to, yeah. It's going to be basically based off of new characters. Like, it's... I think that the original characters are going to be pretty much... Have you, did you play it at all? Yeah, yeah. I okay. Mean, so last boss there's three different endings endings that you can get depending upon where in the last boss that you beat her so if you beat her two times in a row you get one ending if you beat her and lose to her and then beat her you get another ending if you lose you beat her you beat her then you get a third and then if you just lose you lose so there's different hmm. like modes of the endings and i i can't for the life of me get the the one where you beat her twice in a row i almost did it i and then I didn't got realize there was three different fucking endings i'm mm-hmm. gonna have to check that out i'm trying to think it doesn't really change a whole lot it just changes who shows up at the ending so like because it's if i remember correctly it's still luke kang right that's there mm-hmm. and so and you have the the third one where it's just him, or he doesn't exist. He, he does he die? I don't remember what happens. There's one where it's just him, and then there's one where it's him and Katana show up, and so she's there with him at the beginning of the, of quote unquote creation because he's now the new god of Earth realm. I'm gonna have to go back so. and look. I don't remember. So yeah. So in general, Mortal Kombat has become a very convoluted story. Yeah. Right. But back when this came out, so when this one came out, and I got corrected by somebody that's sitting across the table from me, and we looked it up. Uh, Mortal Kombat the movie came out in '95, which is when Mortal Kombat three came out. Mortal Kombat three actually came out in April, and this came out in about June, July, somewhere around that time frame. Definitely this summer. Uh, I don't really care about the exact month, but I know that it came no, out was... afterwards. No, I'm just thinking to myself. Uh, so you have. This game, when Mortal Kombat, Kombat first Kombat, uh, first came out, it really didn't have much of a story. There was some, they built comic books afterwards, they put a bunch of other kind of like story stuff out there in like EGM and uh, what was the other big gaming magazine in the 90s? Um, Nintendo Power? Well, Nintendo Power didn't really, like when you're talking about like arcade stuff. I know. But Electronic Gaming Monthly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what was the World, other one? Was PC. There was another big giant magazine I cannot remember nah, for life. I was a Nintendo Power kid. I definitely that's was. Why I had Nintendo it. Power. I know. I had that stupid thing. I always would get it. I remember that's the reason why I even have fucking Dragon Warrior. Because when you first subscribe to it, they give you Dragon Warrior for free. And yeah. so that's why See? I own that game. Um, and so and I, I even be, have that. I used to be uh, part of the. Fan, Nintendo Power Fan Club. Ooh, the fan club. If I, I think I just threw it out. Damn, I, sh- I just realized because there was a, uh, a bunch of stuff I said. You know what? When I was shit can and stuff out uh-huh. of storage, 
I think it was in there. I have letters from Nintendo Power. Oh, did you actually like, like they, send stuff in? Yeah, and, they like, wrote get... me back and shit. Oh, did you ever get anything published in any of the uh, magazines? No, no, I'm like complaining or like you know something oh. like think this was an issue, or whatever. <laughs> We're a valued customer here. <laughs> oh, so you're even complaining I, yeah, back writing then. back, especially back then. You, you see my writing now. You think that my writing now would be like what I was in elementary school? Shit, I didn't write for shit back uh, then. So, Mortal Kombat. The first one, what I'm trying to get to, is it the game itself didn't really have much of a story. It was no. literally just, here's a bunch of fighters, you're fighting in a tournament-style fighting game, you can do awesome fucking fatalities, and it was the first game where you could, you know, rip people's heads off and set them on fire, freeze them, you know. This is the game that brought a rating system to video games. Exactly. That That's what we got. So... It's weird that we got, and definitely in the 90s, and it's not so much today, it still happens every now and then. When a series is really popular, but not necessarily nostalgic, where things will come out as PG-13, just to get as many people as possible. When they're really trying to, like, either reboot something or bring something back popular. But there's a lot of stuff nowadays, so, like, a Mortal Kombat movie today because of everybody that's involved, would make an R-rating Mortal Kombat movie. Well, that's what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah, and that's been in the fucking works for years. And I hear 2021 is when it's actually going to be released. And there's supposedly an animated movie, I think, about Scorpion. It came out already, yeah. That just recently came out, right? And it's got, uh, what's his name? Um, Fucking Hale guy. Um, Joel McHale is uh, Johnny Cage in that. That's the only voice that I can really remember a person. But they... They did it this at revenge, a time. I think is what it's called. Yeah, but they did this at a time when, you, okay, this is super popular. We want to get as much people into the theater as possible. We're going to make a PG thirteen. So it is toned down on what made Mortal Kombat Mortal Kombat, right? Yeah. Which is the violence. Yeah. So you still have fatalities in this movie, to for a point, you know, and some of them are, you know, what they are. Uh, but they're not. It's not like overtly gory, and they didn't try to do oh, anything. No blood really, or guts, there's no right. blood. But even when you play like the story mode of Mortal Kombat in the video games nowadays, yeah, the fatalities when you play the game in like arcade mode are gory as hell. But they don't do those in the story mode anymore. Like they still just like some people get it, yeah. like <laughs> Melina getting eaten alive by all the bugs and stuff yeah, that like that. Pisses me off. You know what the the they character. Oh, that they killed her off. Maybe she'll still come back. Who knows? Everybody comes back in Mortal Kombat in some way, some shape, or some form. Well, the way that, when they, once they started doing the story. Well, yeah, and then they really started just killing people off. Yeah. It's not like they did Armageddon, where they just brought everybody back for the hell of it and got rid of everybody's individual fatalities for that shitty system <laughs> that they made. But that game was still that opening fun. scene was still sick, though. I know. <laughs> so, so they basically. What, I guess the long thing of what I'm trying to say here is is that they kept like the spirit of the game alive. They had story yeah. that was created after MK2, right? And they kind of combined some parts of MK2 with the basics from MK1 and a lot of the lore that was out there. But they still kind yeah. of did their own thing. You get a PG-13 movie so that multiple people can see it, but you try to stay as close to the source material mm-hmm. As possible. You basically, everybody in the, the game, uh, and every, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody in the movie was in the game. There was no mortal, uh, there was like only one character basically in 
in the movie that was from Mortal Kombat 2. So they kept it close to Mortal Kombat 2. 1. Two characters. Well, technically two. three. Two. Well, I'm not talking about the guy. I'm, I'm, I figured the end is whatever. Well, the end is whatever, but you have Katana and you have Reptile. You're right. Well, Reptile, well, Reptile was... Okay, so Reptile, Reptile was, was in the, the first one. You're right. Katana, so two. Yeah, well, Reptile was in it, but he was it's just a like character. a secret character that just was random about there. Like, you... He was just somebody that they threw in there as like a special boss, but like playable characters. Maybe I'll say that. So, but technically, we're both right. right? Technically, Reptile was still in. He was still technically in the game. You just had to find him, and a lot of people didn't know that he was there. Well, and you had to do all that crazy shit, like not lose any rounds and have a fucking moon up high and uppercut him at the right time. Yeah, when the um, witch was going past the moon. Because remember, it was either either the witch or there was Santa Claus going by the... Yeah, in his... uh, his, uh, What's it called? (laughs) In his fucking... The reindeer and sled. sled. Yeah. (laughs) Whoopsie! Oh, wait, that's Mortal Kombat too. Oh, man. So... The the basics are there. Tournament, island, characters, they're there. You really didn't know a whole lot with everything. You didn't know who Goro was. You didn't know... You didn't even see him unless you saw somebody actually fighting him. I think... Or you stood stared at the screen long enough. Because I think he does pop up once, maybe. In the game? In the game, the arcade game. Hmm. Like, I don't remember... I remember the only time that I ever really saw him was when somebody actually got to him yeah, in the arcade. The only time they showed saw him, him is when, when you got to him. I know when you got to the, the home console port for the Super Nintendo one, as soon as the game start and the Acclaim logo pops out, he <laughs> walks out and he bashes the Acclaim logo yeah. out of the way. Yeah. So, you like, you can see him there, but I don't remember in the arcade if they actually showed images of him. And even Shang Tsung, you didn't know that he even changed until somebody fought him as well. Like, yeah. that he can morph into other characters. It's just like, oh, here's this old dude in the background that... Like, like he's just... We're fighting for him or something. Like, his he's, he's watching and... Yeah. So, it makes sense in the way... I guess the long way I'm going about this, it makes sense in you terms do of this. That? I know, me? Talk for a long time? Shit. Uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, is that... They could have done a lot with this one, like they did with Street Fighter. But Street Fighter had established, even in Street Fighter 2, there was established stuff for the characters. And you could find the stuff. Here, if they were just going off MK1, they could put the basics on there. They they didn't even have to do what they did. But they tried to make it as faithful as possible. And you know what? It made for a much better movie overall. (laughs) You. You mean they didn't change someone's origins, like being from Japan and now being from from Hawaii? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, or being American, but really being French. <laughs> well, they American born and raised. I'm a I'm a general, but I cannot speak English. <laughs> <laughs> but my English it is poor. And <laughs> bison. <laughs> so, you, and again, we're we're stuck with another French person because we're stuck with Christopher Lambert. Um, and, and he's of course Raiden in the film, but he was supposedly the big draw and he was kind of the big action star at the time. I mean, with the Highlander series there, uh, what was that one movie he did with the fortress? I think it might've been called fortress, uh, where he and his wife were like arrested because she was having a baby and you weren't supposed to have babies in these times. And there was like a multi-level fortress. Anyway, it's a fun movie. Watch it if you haven't seen it. But he was in all these type of action movies. And again, another French star. Another guy that, like, 
whispers his lines. Even in this film, but he's I feel like, like constantly doing that. It worked for the character. You know oh no, I, mean? I think it worked for Raiden. I think it was okay. And we'll we'll talk about it more that we see it. But if they're we'll talk about maybe wasted characters and those types of things as we go through the movie. Uh but in general, you know, again, if you haven't seen this film, it's available right now on Netflix. Uh and you I feel like you should watch it before you listen to the podcast. One, if you haven't seen it in a long time, you need a refresher and you want to go through it because you'll miss the action portions of the film. Or two, if you've never seen this before and you've been kind of interested in seeing it, then do it. If it's something that you just don't, again, you just listen to the podcast and you don't give a shit, then <laughs> continue on, Wayward <laughs> Soldier, and listen to the rest of the episode. So you want to get right into the movie? Sure. All right, so... In the beginning, it's going to be the clips are going to be a little bit longer, like as I've already talked about, uh, because it is dialogue heavy. But once the middle of the movie comes, dialogue goes out the fucking window, yeah. and it's going to get very scarce. So uh, expect a couple long ones, a couple short ones, and we'll go on from there. And then to start the film, we're going to actually start on well, actually, as the movie starts, you get the soundtrack just like blaring in your fucking face. Like, just like the way this podcast started, that's kind of why I wanted to do it that way for this one. But literally, you start the movie, and the first thing you hear is the yelling of the Mortal Kombat! Which and then is a great soundtrack. It's still great. And that's one of the things that I love about this movie. And I remember friends and I, like, some friends went and bought this soundtrack right away after the movie came out. I had it on tape. <laughs> I had it on cassette. Um, I don't even think CDs were a big thing at that point. Mm-mm. Oh, God, makes me feel fucking old at this time. I think uh, it was about that tipping point. It was about that. CDs yeah. were coming in in about, uh, what, 97? So well, big. There. 96, yeah. 97 was where they were really I mean, they were big. around, but, I mean, cassettes so were so expensive ruined. to get the Yeah, and they were cassettes. still... It, well, the cassettes were like, oh, hey, you want to pay $8 for something that you got to rewind with a fucking pencil? Or do you want to pay $25 for a flat disc? Yeah. You know? Okay, well, I'll go get the $8 pencil thing. Yeah, well, you know, plus, that's what we had. <laughs> that's right. That's what we I could afford. Have, yeah. I didn't have a Walkman. I, I had a Sony, you know, whatever, whatever knockoff, a Sony. <laughs> yeah, the bony? Wait, no, that probably was right. No, that's, that's different. You know, I was a young kid, so I probably did have a bony all the time. Uh But, so, the, the soundtrack just kicks right in your face right away. And it is just... Techno bumping, like, this would be, you know, I don't know who you would say. Like, and it's George Clinton that wrote it, but not that George Clinton. Like, growing up, I always thought it was that George Clinton. You know, P-Funk on All-Stars. You know, Atomic Dog, George Clinton. I could just see him playing the Mortal Kombat theme (laughs) (laughs) live in front of everybody. (laughs) Look at him, he's spinning those things and his fucking gray dreads and everything like that. (laughs) fucking love george clinton and the pew funk all-stars Hell yeah um but so it's just it's really up in your face and even when it's not like the fighting techno stuff like everybody's theme is relative goro's theme is really great oh yeah um the you know reptiles. test your might that they have when they start reptiles theme That's is a fun one even the the fight with uh sub-zero and oh the the fight with scorpion has a pretty good theme yeah. to it too <clears throat> 
you know, it's got a nice guitar thing going to it. It's like, oh, we're going to be evil, so here's going to do guitars. We're going to make metal-like riffs. Yeah. You went for Doom Guy just to pop out of nowhere with that thing. So the the soundtrack dies down, and then, you know, you get the nice logo and everything like that. And then you see two our villain and a random rando out there, and they're fighting, and... Shang well, Sun, one of them is fighting. One of them is fighting. The other one's just like, <laughs> which kills me because here the whole idea is that the champion of the tournament has been Goro, right? And this is supposed to be the last tournament that happened. Well, or is this just no, them remember, randomly as, fighting? As they say later on, as a former champion of Mortal Kombat, his brother. No, Shang Tsung was. Okay, see, this is where it's confusing. I think yeah. even to me at this point, I've seen this movie so many goddamn times. Because if Goro's the champion, shouldn't Goro be the final one to be beat? Well, the thing that is confusing about it too is the tournament has, hasn't started yet. So it's kind of like this whole scene was just for character building for Liu Kang. But yeah. There, it doesn't make any sense. If I remember right in the lore of Mortal Kombat, yeah, he was the champion and then they brought in, um, I think he he is a former champion, but then he did lose. And that's when they brought Goro in, and he was the one that became the, who's won nine in a row. So he was banished to the, to uh, Earth, oh. the Earth realm. Shang Tsung was, because he was an outworld person, banished yeah. to Earth realm 500 years ago, in, in terms of the lore of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And he was forced... Basically, to get to get back in the good graces of Shao Kahn, he started winning the Mortal Kombat tournaments, mm-hmm. right? But it, I don't know if it was him. I think it was always Goro for those five hundred years. It was and Goro, but but he, remember, oh, but he manipulated in terms of the the story. He because he's the one. He may have won the first one, right? Became the champion, mm-hmm. and then he brought Goro. And he controls the tournaments. Yeah. But he can only do them so often. So I, I think he was also a champion. You're going to dive deep into the lore here. He was also a champion from... Remember, remember out, they invaded Outworld. Yes. And then Outworld also invaded other places. And that's yes. using the same, comp, the same tournament. So, you know, he was champions from other times. Because this is some type of universe... Where the way that the fate of worlds are de- decided is by holding tournaments every, of martial arts every skill, gener- yeah, every ten years or whatever it With is. Every every there's ten tournaments. You have to win ten, ten tournaments in a row, and it's like every generation or something like that. And then what's a generation? A hundred years? I guess. So I- well, if he's been there for five gener or five generations, which is five hundred years, right? And he's won the tournament ten times. So I guess if you do it a hundred years, you do two tournaments a year. Then you'd be well, able to I actually. Well, I think if I remember that. right, once again, this is all lore stuff here. <laughs> I think when you win the tournament, it keeps you like a certain age to keep fighting in the next tournament. So okay, so if I remember correctly, it, it, it seems like again, everybody in this in the lore of the of Mortal Kombat can live for thousands of years, except for humans. We're yes. the only ones that haven't been able to get there yet. <laughs> we we haven't gotten there because we haven't won a tournament in quite some time. So there isn't somebody because yeah. definitely in this movie, it's Liu Kang's younger brother. It's not his older brother. It's his younger brother. At least the way that he looks. If it is his older brother, then 
God help me. <laughs> like, well, this is all like once again for character building because there is no chance no or anything like or, that in. Yeah. yeah, but there there is there shouldn't be any type of fighting going on that's not sanctioned unless he went and he's like, look, I have to challenge Shang Tsung now because I think I can kill him, and then of course he fucking fails. Well, there's there's a few things in here with some plot holes. Um, oh, a few things. This is this, oh, I know, <laughs> but wait till I, I got one. I'm going to point out when we get to it in a minute. So okay, so they fight. He ends up killing the brother. And then he said, your brother's soul is mine. And then Liu Kang wakes up in a sweat. And he's somewhere in a green room in America. They never say, they say why he left to America, but they never say what he's doing in America. He's just in America. Well, he basically... Well, he ran he, away. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. Um, so from there, we cut over. So we're getting all our character introductions. Our three main characters, right? For the good guys. So Liu Kang first. And he's just dreaming about his brother and he has guilt because he believes he let his brother die because he yeah. ran away from home then you go into sonia and sonia is going after kano right and everybody remembers kano because kano's got the big giant red eye and the, the metal on his face and he's possibly played by one of the best uh well he's probably one of the best characters in this movie that you have going for you so the first thing is Jax is with her they just threw him in there yeah they <laughs> that was one of the characters, like I said, that is from Mortal Kombat 2. But he basically is just there to let Sonya have some dialogue a couple times. Yeah. She and <laughs> There's only one person I trust, and you're looking at him, Jax. Really? Isn't Jax like your, one of your big partners? Like, hasn't he been be, yeah. there for like a long time yeah. with you? I get it. Kano killed somebody that she cares about, and that's canon with the game, too. But at the same time, Jax is also one of your longest friends in the whole series and has been by your side and all of these things. And no, I'm big, strong woman. Like, I'm terribly written women character in an action movie from the 90s. But she looks <laughs> no. good. But, uh, she just acts so shitty. But if She's like the if worst. But if she goes to teach you something, she'll start stripping her clothes off. Yeah, sure. Like Billy Madison. Is that the best movie that Bridget Wilson's done? House on Haunted Hill? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All I know in this, she's fucking terrible. And can we say something to I forgot. Paul W.S. Anderson. This is, this is his movie. And before we get into things, this is the movie that put him on the map. And this is, for this movie, when we get to it, especially the fighting scenes when we talk about them... This is his very first time doing fighting scenes. Like, he had to study. So, he had never done them. So, when we get to them, you know why they're so terrible in the way that they are. So, she breaks into this nightclub where, I don't know, who the hell is playing? Like, there's some generic, like, rock band. Generic. I know that Stabbing Westward did, like, five songs for the soundtrack. So, it's probably a Stabbing Westward song Maybe, that's yeah. playing. But these guys are up there in the rafters, and they're just kind of going... <laughs> Like, they're not even going with the music. Like, the music is a little too light for, like, the heaviness that they're trying to bring. You know? They should use that same scene from Ace Ventura, you know? Oh, yeah, just bring Cannibal Corpse and have fucking Jim Carrey go against there. (laughs) (laughs) At least that would have matched. That would have matched the guy that was doing the thing. Because he's literally, like, bent over like he's doing the growl. And doing, I know you can't see it through podcast medium, but he's bending over and he's got his hair all in his face and he's there. And the other guys, but it sounds more like, like a techno metal thing or something. Yeah, na, na, na. like it sounds like a stabbing Westward song is what it fucking sounds like. So 
they rush in with their guns and she how she's holding that shotgun always bothers me too but they rush in and then we cut over for our first little intro to kano and shang sung uh talking about well getting sonia good boy she's here right on time I love punctuality in a woman. Don't you, Mr. Shang Tsung? Are you sure she's going to follow me? You killed her partner, didn't you? She'll follow you into hell. Just make sure she's on that boat. Sonya Blade must be at the turn. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe me and Sonia should share a cabin. Have our own little honeymoon cruise. If you so much as touch your kid. You're going to need a seeing eye dog. Okay, so. the Plot music, hole. The music might be a little bit harder than yeah. even I was thinking about. <laughs> but it definitely sounds like. Um, it almost could be like a, a Dio type of track. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking of, like, you know, uh, Adrenaline Mob and those types of things. Where it's still not, like, the guy, like, going slow and it it's really a downbeat and it's a chugga 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 You know, dog vocals, everything like that. Not saying black metal, but, you know. <laughs> I was going to say, the, just, a little bit of a uh, plot hole there is that, you know, you're going to need a C&I doc because, you know, obviously Kano has the metal piece on his face. Yeah. He can see through that. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, it's a cybernetic enhancement. So yeah, so, like, yeah. And then he like cringes and he's like, oh no, I'm only going to be able to see out of one eye. <laughs> Wait, I don't now. I see out of both. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's, it's fucking ridiculous. But I also hate the thing too, where he's like, he's introducing, like you're getting introduced and you're seeing the characters for the first time. You or I that have seen this movie, we know who these characters are. Yeah. Right. We recognize in the beginning, oh, that has to be Shang Tsung, you know, with everything that's going on. And here, even with Kano, we know he's talking to somebody, but when he moves over to him, it would have been better if he just didn't say anything. Like, he just basically, like, she's almost here, and they just carry the dialogue on. But it's like, to get to the people that don't know who he's going to be, isn't that right, Mr. Shang Tsung. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> you know, why don't you put, like, the dramatic fucking hamster music back then? Yeah. It's, it just seems so, like, cheesy. Mm-hmm. You know, but that the guy that plays Kano is just so good. Like, that... I wanted more Kano. Yeah, way, way more Kano. Like, you should have just kept it the same as you kept it in the video games, and Kano ends up going off into MK2 and further along or something like that. Yeah, well, you learned about the whole thing with him and the Black Dragons and the organization, and yeah. it plays a big role because it also brings in other characters like Cabal and, um, what the hell, Jurek, I think his name was. There's a couple it, it of different Black bunch of Dragons, yeah. Who was the one guy with the claw and, like, green skin? I forgot who he was. And he got the hat. He's got, like, the SS type hat or whatever it is. He's one of the... Yeah. I'll... See, my mind is start thinking about Mortal Kombat characters. I'm like, ooh, I need to talk... Let's let's go there. I think he came in in uh, Deception. I want to say around that time frame. But he was just another character. I forgot Mm. what his name was. But... So you you have this thing and then, of course, I can't... I've never really figured out 
other than if Shang Tsung was psychic and would know how the movie's going to play out, why he needs Sonya Blade to be at the tournament. Like, maybe is it's that one really of those could, kind of like a Jedi thing where like you can you get a glimpse of what is a possible outcome, but and he's just like, oh, if this actually goes down, picture. then I need to make sure I have the weakest tournament fighter there. <laughs> You know, <laughs> to be able to do it. You well, know. you know, I mean, okay, you got to think about it. He looked into the future and saw the whole Me Too th- movement, and he was like, I got to have some female fighters, otherwise we're going to be sexist. That's right. He, where he only has one. <laughs> where the, oh, no, no, I'm sorry. He has two, but she's completely worthless, and they actually don't fight to the finish. Yeah, well, yeah. There's two there. I there's, mean, I'm pretty two. sure there's. Some other females there somewhere? I mean, so there are some uh, oh, an island full of pumped up dudes with their shirts off. I mean, yeah, I hope it's not Gay one, Island. That's all I'm saying. Well, I'm saying at least there could be one lady out there with the mask and the shirt off. Like, the mask only comes to her shoulders because it's everybody gets the same fucking outfit, right? They're all dressed the same. They're either mask and no shirt or just no shirt. So... Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that's not attractive to female henchmen. Like, look, I need to have some support. Well, look, I have to go in there and we have to all wear the same outfit or else I'm going to get fucking sued. So (laughs) Shao Kahn likes a certain type of thing. He likes, I guess it would be Shang Tsung in this place. He likes shirtless people. That's it. Sorry. With or without the mask, your choice. Unless you become a popular fighter, no shirt. That's right. Can you at least get the mask section, the hooded section, to like come down and cover the nipples and it just be under boob? No, no. No. Only to the shoulders. Only to the shoulders. (laughs) Under boob. Love it. So uh, she goes through and she starts blasting her shotgun like she's fucking Dane DeVito. Which cracks me up because no one runs no one freaks out everybody's just like oh fuck gunfight sweet so i just start blasting (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) the fact that this guy takes a shotgun to the chest goes through a window oh and and then she's gonna go question him hey where's kano Like, motherfucker, I just got shot. I just got shot. Do you realize how much it hurts to be shot with a shotgun <laughs> at almost point-blank range, even if you are wearing fucking bulletproof vest? It hurts like a bitch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did get a little bit of blood there coming out the side of his mouth. Oh, on the side of his mouth. We got blood for just a little bit in this yeah. movie. Every once in a while, there's some little bit of blood. Yeah. But it's not like, you know, even when people get impaled in the shit with shit, it's, yeah. uh, you know, hot pokers so it goes through and cauterizes the wound the moment that it goes same through. time yeah yeah all it does is make you shrivel into a skeleton uh <laughs> i don't want to jump ahead too far oh gee yeah not too far <laughs> so she questions the guy and the guy basically gives her information of where to go to find kano which happens to be where everybody's gonna line up then from here we cut over and we get the best introduction out of all of the three, at least my favorite, which is Johnny Cage, right? And he comes up to the door and he, you know, they open the hangar door and there's Johnny being all badass. And then there's four guys over there and they got all different types of weapons. You know, one's got like a cattle prod and one's got like nunchucks, nunchucks and another guy then got the, uh, a like metal sword. staff. Yeah, or something like, oh yeah, he does the staff and he goes like, and then yeah. it spreads apart. Uh, and so they all go start attacking him. He's able to knock down everybody, but except for one dude. 
This is where you fall down. Where do you get these guys? And the press says, I don't know how to do this stuff. Cut. All right, people, reset. We're back in 15 no, minutes. I'm not doing it again. No, what do you mean you're not doing it I mean, again? I'm not doing Johnny, it again. Johnny, the last shot of the picture. Where are you going? I'm going to my trailer. No, you can't leave I'm going to get a gun. Then I'm going to shoot no, 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 myself don't for shoot. being Johnny, in your kill me. movie. You will kill me. I'll be back directing traffic. Johnny, don't leave me hanging up here. You're killing me, Johnny. I love you. I need you. Don't, don't uh, Johnny. leave me here. Uh, excuse me, Johnny. There's uh, someone over there who wants to speak to you. Who is it? I don't really know. You let somebody on the set, you don't know who it is? No, of course not. I... It better not be a reporter. Oh, God, no. I'm... You want me to find out? Great. Hey, mister, you're in my chair. Hi, Johnny. Master Boyd, I... I see the uh, press is still giving you a hard time. Yeah, they think I'm a fake. Johnny, you're one of the best martial artists in the world. And I can help you prove it. Prove it? How? A tournament. The tournament. It's held once a generation. The best fighters in the world are invited. You win the tournament. You win their respect. They'll tell the entire world that you're the real goods. So, how do I, uh... There's a boat. It leaves Pier 40, Hong Kong. So there we go. Here's our introduction to Johnny Cage. And I extended the scene a little bit because there's a little more and how he's actually going to get a part of the tournament. But I think that line is perfect when he comes in. The guy doesn't go down. Yeah. And the way it's delivered, it, it's, it establishes Johnny Cage as Johnny Cage. Yeah. So far out of all of them, he is what we expect out of the character. Now, we don't know. There isn't a whole lot because Johnny Cage was only in the first M2 Mortal Kombat's, right? He was in the first one. He was in the second one in a bigger role. And they kind of did a little more of the douchebagginess in the second one with a couple of the moves. And especially since we get one of them, uh, one of the fatalities parts is in this from MK2. He he did that in the first game. He didn't do the the signature, right? Oh, oh, oh. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, I thought you were talking about the... No, no, I'm not talking about the pop. No, no, (laughs) we're not talking about that yet. Uh, but no, I'm saying because one of the fatalities that he does get in the second one, he drops the picture of himself. Yeah, but I, I don't think that was supposed to be a fatality. No, I think that's a friendship. Yeah, if I was, mistaken. that was a friendship. So, but I like that they they do when we get to that. Of course, we're ruining it. But uh, that the character, though, what I'm saying is that character, like, is kind of that type of douchebag. In the second Mortal Kombat, he's not so much in the first Mortal yeah. Kombat. Well, like, like we were saying, the first game, you had characters, you got stories if you beat the game with that particular character. But for the most part, there wasn't a lot of lore yet. And the yeah. lore came after. The lore really started at MK2. And we all know who Johnny Cage was modeled after. You didn't know? John Claude Van Damme. That's right. He, he was, was supposed, to be, supposed to be they, the they, thing. Were, they were making like a game about John Claude, I think. And that's they, how Mortal Kombat started. They, yeah. They were going to do a John Claude like style fighting game. Yeah. And he's going to be the main person. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I don't remember, he, he pulled out of it or something. First of all, yeah. Pulled out. First of all, pulled out. <laughs> and then that's when they made this other game. But if you look at him, he compare Johnny Cage in the first game to Bloodsport. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's he's almost more in the, the similar same. thing. 
And what's funny is... With the sash and the black pants. The guy that is the mocap actor for Johnny Cage in the original one is also the mocap actor for uh, Sub-Zero, and hence is also the mocap actor for Scorpion and Reptile uh, for those games as well. Mm -hmm. So, and then, uh, what's his name? Hunsopak was the mocap for for Liu Kang in the original game. And then he was it for Mortal Kombat 2, but then he wasn't, he didn't do it anymore after that. Um, Which is just weird, crazy little drops of knowledge every now and then. (laughs) Uh, But it's, again, like, here we are, we're having, what, what I like about the movie, yeah, okay, I get it. Like, Sony is a little cheesy, but it's still following her special forces, yeah. like, storyline. Liu Kang, little bit off the beaten path, just just a little bit. It's not that much, because he was the chosen one to do this tournament, to be the winner by his the, the society of monks that he grew up with. The Order of Light. Yeah, and, and they're the whole thing. But here, Temple of Light. they're just giving him conflict, is what they're doing. And that doesn't exist in the original Mortal Kombat. Yeah. He was gung-ho about doing it, mm-hmm. right? And spoiler alert for the, the series, he's been like the champion for the longest time. He won the first Mortal Kombat and the second one and well, the third one. Well, it's just like they have the same thing with Street Fighter. They have all these different characters, you know, and fighting for good. But really, it's based on Ryu stopping and he's the one that has to be the one. Yeah, that does it. You know. he, he's the one that has to start the darkness that that Akuma is basically bringing to everybody. There are people that are fighting against M. Bison. The thing about Street Fighter is it exploded into there's multiple storylines and multiple bad guys, but for the most part, with like the main series of games, not yeah. necessarily the alphas, there's still one boss and it's always you know along one path and Ryu is kind of always the main guy of those games. Yeah, he's always the one that comes in and saves the day. That's why, again, with Street Fighter, you know, they're not talking about it again. It was weird to have Guile be the the hero yeah. when he's more of like he's become more of a big side character and not a main character. But yeah. even when they brought the series to the cartoon series in the U.S., Guile was the main character for the for that series. Um, but with this, everybody's kind of following the same thing that was already set in stone by the arcade and the home ports and. Just midway, Ed Boon and company had already set for everything. Mm-hmm. So even though it's you know a little cheesy, perhaps it's still like enjoyable because you're like you connected to it right away. Like right away, you knew exactly where we were going with these things. A yeah. little bit of backstory, a little bit of backstory, a little bit of backstory. But Johnny Cage and I and Kano, honestly, those are the two that have that feel more fleshed out even though kano is barely in this goddamn movie i feel like i connect to that the way the character acts me like yeah that's fucking kano and johnny cage right away it's like that's fucking johnny cage where luke kang you're still a little bit uh, like wary but all you really got was like a five minute intro to him of him dreaming of something and then waking up and looking at a fucking western union thing we should have we should have commented on that (laughs) the western union thing (laughs) Lucane, brother dead, Stop. come home. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> I guess I gotta go home. <laughs> Some bitch. They didn't even send passage. I mean, it's Western Union. I thought it was money, not brother dead. <laughs> yeah. Brother dead. Come home. <laughs> send money. 
What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Bring some uh, American hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, bring some of those Casper's hot dogs you got over there. I'm going to think that he was in the Bay Area and Casper's hot dogs is what he was eating. So Didn't realize Scott sent him the... <laughs> our friend Scott, who moved away from this area, and every time he comes back, goes straight yeah, for a Casper's hot dog. He's the one dog. that sent him the hot dog request. <laughs> P.S. Oh, no, flip over. BS. Flip over. P.S. <laughs> Bring Caspers. <laughs> Two cheese dogs. <laughs> Nothing else but cheese. Um, so we cut back over to Luke Kang, and Luke Kang's gone back to the Order of Light or whatever they've Temple. called. Temple of Light. Yeah, I said Order earlier, but yeah, it's Temple. I always forget what, they're called, what they are. Uh, but he goes back over there now, and he's basically meeting with the elders. And so this is a little bit of a longer scene that we're going to go through, but this is him learning about where his brother died. And then he happened to die... Right there, where they fought, yeah, like the temple. Oh, and there's before we get into this though, there was one thing I wanted to say. Shang Tsung, you know, at the end of that scene with Johnny Cage and how everything is great at that scene, but he changes from Johnny Cage's master in back into Shang Tsung. Yeah, which means that he must have killed his master. Must have, yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, or was yeah. he? No, no, that's that's the way this film works. Yeah, I know. He was only able but to change I was going to say the seen. actual Shang Tsung can just turn into whoever the hell he wants. Yes. he doesn't have to be to steal his soul. But it, the way so far this movie works, it makes it seem that way. Correct, because in the so. game he can just he hasn't beaten these people, but he could turn into Sub Zero. He can turn into Scorpion. He can turn into Johnny Cage if he fucking wanted to. Yeah. It doesn't matter what he wants to do. That's where where he's going for. So. If this movie is saying that he can only change in the people that he's stolen the souls from, then does that mean that he stole his soul before he went to see Johnny Cage? Or has been Shang Tsung training Johnny Cage? I'm pretty sure he, he killed him. And then and then wouldn't Johnny Cage have known that his master... Now if, if he had just done master, it and then went over there. Oh, I guess. I guess if before he went there, he went and just fucking... Yeah. He T2'd him. <laughs> and, like, he went to call, and then it's like, your foster parents are dead. <laughs> you know? Oh, I hear... I hear uh, Wolfie in the background box, uh, bo- uh, barking. Yeah, don't worry about it, Johnny. I'll be there to see you in a little bit. <laughs> your foster parents are dead. Your master is dead. <laughs> uh, it's just, you know... So... It, it just, I thought about that for a second, whether or not, like, he killed him a long time ago and he's been training him, but he probably, you're right, he probably killed him before he went to go do this thing. At least that's what, if this establishment of, I can change into the warriors that I've killed because I have their souls inside of me, if that stands. If it's different and he can just randomly fucking change to anybody, then why does he not just randomly change to people all the time? Budget? Probably. <laughs> so... <laughs> you know, I was, th- but I was putting more thought into that. Why Shang Tsung, you know, with the whole fight and wasn't part of the tournament with the brother. I'm thinking maybe two things. He went there to kill Liu Kang because he had an idea that he might be the one that can stop him, mm-hmm. or he knew that if he was still around, he had to get him to the tournament because if he de- if he if he was still around, he could come later on to try to spoil, you know, what what they had planned. So. He had to have him there to be able to, you know, or maybe part of the rules is the best fighters have to be there. Well, maybe, and that's why he's trying to get Sonia. So Sonia yeah. has been somehow tagged as one of the best fighters, yet she hasn't fought in anybody. She just used a fucking shotgun to shoot people. 
Well, so if so far that we've seen, she doesn't hide behind her sumo and boxer. That's true. She does like, not hide behind a sumo and boxer. Like, like, and remember, <laughs> well, we're gonna we'll get to there. I want there's a story I have about that. No, uh, but it's it's definitely like, oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> Train of thought lost. Moving on. So now we're gonna see Liu Kang. We finally got to that point. Let's listen to Liu Kang talk about what happened and fight his past. And we also in this scene get introduced to Raiden for the very first time. Is this the place? Yes. This is where we found his body. What happened? After you left for America, he followed in your footsteps, preparing for the tournament. Grandfather, it wasn't enough you filled my head with that nonsense. To save the world is not nonsense. Men fighting in a simple contest don't decide these things, Grandfather. How can you, a wise man, believe this? We are all blaming it, including your brother. been given the dream he is the chosen one no he left our temple turn his back on us why have you come back i want to represent the order of light at the tournament for what reason the man who killed my brother will be there that cannot be your only reason for going or you will fail oh yes i forgot we're fighting for the fate of the world that's why you left the temple and ran away, isn't it? The great tournament was too much responsibility. But vengeance... That's so much simpler. Lord Raiden... You're still running away from your destiny. Raiden? Grandfather, get up! This isn't your god of thunder and lightning. He's just a beggar. Spare him, my lord, Raiden. American life is enfeebled his mind. Too much television. So you're going to win the tournament? Yes, I am. Show me how. Don't tell me you're afraid of a simple beggar. If you are raided, why did you let Chan die? Why didn't you protect him? Why didn't you? I've had enough of this. I'm going to find my brother's killer at the tournament. With or without your consent. Okay, so Raiden's fucking savage. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they could have done something better in that scene. Like, when he flipped him, electrocuted him or something. All I did was pretty much was sidestep, flip. Okay, you that, are. <laughs> that's what I was going to say with this. Like, the whole thing is like, oh, yeah, you want to try? Hey, you, want to fight? And then he, like, <laughs> he, runs up, he runs at him. And he just 
fucking flips him. Yeah. And then fucking Luke Kang gives up. Well, I guess I can't beat a fucking beggar. <laughs> he flipped me once. Yeah. And then he still doesn't believe that he's the god of thunder. And when he's like, his eyes roll with lightning and he has like a little bit of lightning on his fingertip and he's looking right at him and he's just like fucking special effects yeah. cgi motherfucker cgi i know when this happens in real life you know uh, well like the other thing i always thought was funny was how everybody starts bowing right away and, and he starts talking like are you seriously like this is your lord rating you know everything about him but yet you don't realize that's him coming down the aisle talking to you <laughs> like all of a sudden every, everybody's bowing down except for the grandfather and the elders Oh, Lord Raiden. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, he doesn't know what he do. He watches too much TV in America. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> he was just bitter he didn't bring that Caspers. He was like, yeah, didn't bring the Caspers. He didn't get those Golden Girls DVDs that he was hoping for. <laughs> Fuck, I need to watch my Blanche, man. <laughs> and, no, it's, it's like, it's just the whole scene, like the whole setup, I get it. It's okay with everything in him like, oh, well, your brother died. Like, he shows him where his brother died. Dude, you see that chocolate outline over there? That's where your brother got its fucking soul stoke out. Like that. We didn't move it because we want to make sure we knew where it was. So when you showed up, it would show you. We we used the dust. When he got drained from his soul, it was just dust. So we used the dust as a chalk line. That's right. You want to sweep that up and put that in an urn? You know what's really good? You could use a little pepper on top of your cheese dog that you didn't fucking bring me. Son of a bitch. (laughs) <laughs> but it's just like so that's what he does first what would happened over here and then they talk and everybody's just like no no we we can't do this you know he's he left us okay i totally get that totally agree with that and he's just like i'm gonna do it with you without your blessing and everybody's just like okay well i guess guess he's gonna do it and i guess it has to be with our blessing then well it's <laughs> it's funny when he says that the one guy kind of goes like <gasps> Like he kind of moved, like he like he can do that. <laughs> Wait, isn't isn't that against our philosophy? And like you say with Raiden, he grew up in this place. Wouldn't when, he know Raiden too? Yeah, wouldn't Raiden have like shown up and he would have seen all these tournaments going on because they've always had a fighter in the tournaments ever since Gung Lao. And with Kung Gung, Lao, well, I thought it was Gung Lao. They say in this movie, Kung Lao. Well, he's Kung Lao. Yeah, it's Kung Lao, and Kung Lao is also a. De- Another descendant of Kung Lao that got to keep the Kung Lao name, right? Kung Lao. There's two Kung Lao. No, they bring him back. He comes back. That's the original Kung Lao that comes back. Okay, now I'm again. I'm totally confused. Yeah, it's a lot of lore. <laughs> but I, th- I thought that Kung Lao, who is his best friend, is named after Kung Lao. No, he's the Kung Lao, the descendant. So he's he's, his, he's like a part of Liu Kang's family. Yeah, it's it's a lot of shit. Yeah, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the lore changed. And, yeah, everything's going crazy. Anyway, so he's a descendant of him. So then that was a guy that almost won one of the tournaments, right? He well, I think he did or, win, or he won one of the original. He was tournaments. Win, yeah, but then that's what that's. I think he defeated Shang Tsung. I'm trying to remember this now. I think he's the one that ended up defeating Shang Tsung. So when they had to reset it. Go, that's when they brought Goro that's in. That's when they brought Goro in to be the champion. And, and Goro, Goro is the him. one that kills him. And so now Shang Tsung can, because they control the tournament, he can be the blah, blah. Okay, so we're not going to go too much into this going on. See, the, the blank expression on my face as we've talked is uh, very exciting. Yeah. Uh, but so, okay, so he's going to go and he's going to do that whole thing, you know, 
And now we're going to fade over and we're going to go to the docks in Hong Kong where everybody's going to meet up to all get on the boat. And one of the things I have to say is that the the way that this movie is shot, not just like the sets that were built, because like this set for the docks, this is definitely in L.A. Oh, yeah, he's got a question. (laughs) (laughs) You were a little bit more right than me. (laughs) Oh, good. So So he is... Kung Lao. He, he is the ancestor of the great Kung Lao. Kung Lao is the brother uh, of the series male protagonist named Liu Kang. And, yeah. Okay. So, so I fucked that one up he a was bit. Named, he was named after Kung Lao. So, yeah. But Kung, the other Kung Lao was the one that was defending the, the ones and ended up. So I kind of mixed. I put those two put together. put the two together. And, because so I remember there was fuck a. Up. There was a big dissension between the two of them at some point because Kung Lao thought that he should have been the one, the one chosen yeah. that was chosen to do it because he's also a descendant of Kung Lao. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that he wouldn't have won um, because he got his ass kicked when they reset the timeline and got killed. Uh, basically, Shao Kahn killed him. Uh, but nonetheless, away from as much lore as possible. So what I was saying was that the set design... For everything is really good in this film. I think they did a very good job at the way that most of the sets look. And then they did a lot of shooting in Thailand. So what you see in terms of like these sets for uh, the like where the order of light is. Or the children or who the fuck of light they are. The light people. Uh, it's actually a place that you could go to if you really wanted to. And it looks absolutely beautiful. And they did that for a bunch of different parts of the film. But not every part was actually used. A lot of it was sound stages, but the sound stages still look really good. It looks yeah. like you've got more lore for me. Sorry, I can't help it. So <laughs> apparently, it's every five hundred years because he like I, I was right on that part. He, okay, Shang Tsung had won nine in a row. The great Kung Lao, the, the ancestor, came in, defeated him, spared his life, and then you know, like I said, part of it oh, is then that that's he, how he got banished to the Earth yeah, realm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, because the part of that is, you know, he doesn't age. Uh, you know, if he, since he won, he, he 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 won't age. Okay. So, 50 years later, after he defeated... After he was defeated... But, okay, so, okay. So, he defeated him. Mm-hmm. 500 years go by or whatever. The next generation or whatever. Or whatever. And then here comes Goro. He kills him. Goro he kills him. And times. now he wins nine. Yeah. And so, yeah, this is the 10th tournament, but... When you were playing the game again, you didn't know this the very first time that you yeah, did. Yeah, this yeah. is a story that they made after the game. I just I made some statements so before I get corrected on something, I wanted to correct myself. So well, suck it, Dave, because I know it's going to be you. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. no, I'm pretty sure it was going to be Ben on this one. You know how much you, it might have been Ben that Ben is. But you know what, then suck He's it. Always ben. going around. <laughs> He's always screaming Mortal Kombat out the window as he drives down the street. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> 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 and then when someone's talk shit back and he gets out, they hear it. They go, whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he you know, lights their car on fire, then he's all toasty. <laughs> Shout out ben to the do dad. <laughs> he doesn't like cars on fire. Um, but so again, set design. Great. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. We're at the Hong Kong docks and that giant boat comes out that and it looks great. And, uh, that's where we get Johnny Cage walking up to the docks with his Majesty's l- match luggage. 
that he's got with him. <laughs> he, has his, he has his industrial strength hair dryer in there That's and he right. can't live without it. He can't live without it. And so he walks up and he sees uh, Fodder Lee, I mean Art Lee. He's reading a paper that is from Chinese that's basically calling him a fake. And that's where he meets Liu Kang also for the very first time. Look, don't let him get to you. Yeah, sure. You're Arlene, aren't you? Man, I saw you fight in London. You were great. Thanks. I saw a couple of your films. Listen, you can't fake those moves. Yeah, well, tell that to the press. Hey, pal. When the ship comes in, could you put these on board? You want me to carry your luggage? Yeah. I pay money, you carry the bags. Or is that too complicated? No. I got it. Good. Mm, thank God I didn't ask him to park the car. So there's some of that comedy that you got going on in this film. Um, it's definitely like... I, I like the interaction between the two because you see that they start off as not necessarily friends and off on the wrong foot. Yeah. But then you actually see them kind of develop a camaraderie together as the movie moves along, which is pretty good. Yeah. But you, one thing that kind of made me laugh was he's sitting there talking to Art. Turns to, to Luke Kang to say, carry my bags. When they when he throws that bag into the water, Art's nowhere to be found. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he just disappears. He's just like... Uh, I ain't going to be with this racist shit right <laughs> yeah, here. Yeah. Just assume because we're in Hong Kong that this Asian guy is going to carry your boat. <laughs> this your random boat, Asian your... guy is going to carry your boat? <laughs> what the fuck? Damn it. I've been hanging out with you too much. Corn trees. <laughs> so they go on and they get onto the boat. And then we see that Sonia sees Kano also board the boat. And so she runs after him. When everybody's finally on there, we see her run directly into Johnny Cage. Hey, you. All right, tough guy. You want to get... Ralph? No, do you? Hi. Johnny Cage, you are? Where's Kano? I don't know who you're talking about. I'm sure I can help you find him. Out of my way. Just another Starstruck fan, huh? Those are the things that I do like that Robin Show does really well in this. Mm -hmm. Like, he's very charismatic. He yeah. doesn't always have the best, like, delivery of lines. But when he does some of these things like that, or he gets really snarky. Like, say what you will about Beverly Hills Ninja. I think he's one of the better things about that movie. Well, and uh, Chris Farley. Well, and Chris Farley. But Beverly Hills Ninja is... I will throw this box of tissues at you. <laughs> Isn't Chris Rock in that, too? Yeah. That's right. That's what, <laughs> his name is Joey in that movie. And <laughs> there's a lot of times he'll say, nicely done, Joey. You know, so my boy Josh, every time he sees my brother, nicely done, Joey. And he's been doing this since... It came out? Beverly Hills Ninja came out. So think about that. Because that's how long I've known him since high school. So we all... Basically, Sonya is there. Sonya's being kind of a bitch. She holds a gun up to Johnny's neck. Like, the immediate thing is, like, you see this guy there. If he's this big movie star, right? And Liu Kang recognizes this. Maybe Sonya doesn't go to the movies at all. But you would think that you put the gun up to him. Do you think that Johnny Cage, if you recognized him, it'd be like, 
way I see it is he would be like Jean-Claude Van Damme was on the ship. He would know who Jean-Claude Van Damme yeah. is. You would look and be like, here's Jean-Claude. You fucking dealing with Kano? <laughs> like, <laughs> is he the one fan- funding your movies? That's right. Does the Black Dragon have anything to do with this? <laughs> Did they make Bloodsport? Is that what this is about? <laughs> no, but uh, they got a, a movie coming out called Kickboxer. <laughs> That's right. And so it's it just kind of like if he's supposed to be so famous that people are reading articles about him as they're waiting to get on this boat, she would know who he was. Yeah, but then at the same time, he was making movies, I think, at this point, And later on in the Mortal Kombat lore, is, I think is when he's... I think he's supposed to, like, when his movies took off or something. I, I thought that, at least in this, in the, the realm of the movie, he's already a uh, action star. He's an action star, but I don't know if he's a lister yet. If he's at that point where yeah. he's like, oh, I'm really high on the totem pole and everything yeah. like that. Well, so, basically, she runs off. She goes downstairs, and that's where she gets introduced to Shang Tsung, and we actually get to meet the rest of the, the cast from the games. It's an honor to finally meet you, Sonia. Shang Tsung, at your service. I'm looking for a murderer. He boarded this ship. I'm impressed. But it is my boat, and if you'd like a tour, I'd love to give it to you myself. Hey, be nice to the lady. She's just doing her job. When I want backup... I'll radio for it. Got that radio handy? Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Deadliest of enemies. But slaves under my power. Move aside. Good of you to grace us with your presence. Your sideshow freaks attack my fighters. That is expressly forbidden before the tournament, as your emperor well knows. My sincere apologies. Won't happen again, I promise you. <laughs> I shall see to that. Of course. Until we reach the island where you have no dominion. My dominions are well known to me, sorcerer. Thank you. What tournament? You've been chosen, Sonia. Much to my... Okay, so I think the real reason that Shang Tsung wants Sonia there is because he just wants to fucking bang her. Like, that's it. Like, I'm going to beat you and I'm going to steal your soul so I can bring you out and bang you every once in a while. Everybody keeps wondering my sexuality because I have all these guys running around with no shirts on. (laughs) So, you know... I'm going to bring this chick on board. I'm going to make sure that she gets there. And everybody thinks that, 
you know, I'm sexist because I've stolen nothing but men's souls, and I have I can only change into men, and that's why I'm gonna make sure I get this nice woman here, so that way I can turn to a woman every once in a while <laughs> and know what it's like to be a woman. <laughs> like that's that's what it feels like, you know. I, I just don't get it. It doesn't to me. There like, isn't the motivation to bring <laughs> Sonia along. <laughs> I figured it out. Oh, oh no. You're right. He was around this time, I think uh the you know, ninety five, I think that's around the time that that Shania Twain song came oh, out. Feels like, feel like a woman. woman. And he's like he's like, I like this song. Feel like a woman and he's like, But I can't. <laughs> oh wait. I got the tournament coming up and there's just one fighter, Sonya Blade. Oh, she's I can bring her along. I can convince her to come. I can they, they, elaborate plan to get like the guy that she's been chasing forever, hire him so that he comes there and she's there. And then I can steal her soul. And, and then come. I'll feel like a woman. And, they, and she's blonde. And they say blondes have more fun. That's right. I've got this Marilyn Monroe dress for absolutely nothing. It's been sitting up in my closet for years. Happy and birthday to me. <laughs> Happy birthday, Mr. Khan. Happy Whoa, now birthday he's going to go face Khan. <laughs> well, once he went to the 10th tournament, then he's got to have some fun, right? Well, he's technically, like, Goro would have won. Oh, the- yeah, well, then, you know. But he's still, he's like, you know, the perpetrator of the whole thing. He's like, ooh, he, he has four hands. He can fill every hole. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so moving on. <laughs> we don't need to talk about Finish hands him. and the holes. <laughs> Yeah, finish her has a wholly different meaning in this case. But it's just, it's kind of, okay, so the whole thing that's going on with the scene is that, you know, he's thirsty for Sonya. He finally runs into her. What I've never liked about the movie is the fact yep. that both Sub-Zero and Scorpion are, are slaves, well, slaves to Shang Tsung. Scorpion, I can kind of get. Because Scorpion has always been kind of manipulated in some way, shape, or form. But, but he's brought to the tournament because the killer of his family, Sub Zero, is going to be at the tournament. Yeah, but it was Quan Chi, yes, that manip- manipulated him. So not Shang Tsung. So let's you know he's on loan from from uh, from Quan Chi, and everybody Quan knows Chi. who Quan Chi is. Yeah. You know when it comes to the game lore, but it, it just that always irked me about the film. Yeah, me too. I can I can get past it though. You know, because of what is going to happen. But at the same time, I really wanted it to go, you know, I'm like, okay, finally, I'm going to, before Sub-Zero of Mythologies has come out, I'm going to see a little bit of them, like, fight it off together. You know, there's going to be a Sub-Zero versus Scorpion scene. Never going to fucking happen now because they work for the same team. So, all right. So, basically, they go outside. And they have another powwow with Raiden. And that's where we get one of the famous lines in the movie directly from Shang Tsung. You got a guy with things coming out of his hand. We got another guy who freezes stuff. And then there's a man who, as far as I can tell, is made out of electricity. I mean, how did he disappear like that? What is going on here? Who is this guy? Let's just think this through. There is a rational explanation for this. He's Raiden, god of lightning and protector of the realm of Earth. Great. Oh, there's your rational explanation. Listen. What you're about to face is vastly more important than your ego, your enemy, or your quest for revenge. You have embarked on a sacred mission. You have been chosen to defend the realm of Earth. 
in a tournament called Mortal Kombat. Defended from who? Your world is but one of many realms. One of them is a forsaken land called Outworld, ruled by an immortal who has crowned himself Emperor. Now he seeks a new world to conquer and enslave. Now wait a second. If this guy is so powerful, then why doesn't he just invade us? To enter the realm of Earth, the Empress demon sorcerer Shang Tsung and his warriors have to win ten straight victories in mortal combat. <laughs> they have won nine. This will be the tenth tournament. A handful of people on a leaky boat are gonna save the world. Exactly. The essence of mortal combat is not about death. But life. Mortal men and women defending your own world. Why are you telling us all this? What about the others? They are all great fighters. But I have looked into their souls. And yours. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. The fate of billions will depend upon you. <laughs> Sorry. What about Shang Tsung? Oh, still concerned only with vengeance? If you challenge Shang Tsung now, you will lose your life and your soul. He is gonna pay for my brother's death. You're not ready. Look. It has begun. It has begun! As Patrick pointed out during that clip, they say it twice. Yeah. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It has begun. Look, it has begun. It has begun. (laughs) Sorry, that's why I started over again. Uh, But yeah, so there's a lot of little things that are going on here. There's just a lot of uh, exposition that's going on. That's why the clip is so long. That's why it's included. It basically tells you about the status of the tournament, right? So nine tournaments have already been held. This is the 10th one. They win the 10th one. Then everything goes to shit. Yeah, And I like Johnny Cage's reaction because he's really in the, I don't believe this shit. Yeah. Like, what's a rational explanation for it? Well, what do you expect a rational exposi- explanation for the whole thing to actually be? When you see a guy that can free shit, you have a guy that... Yeah, see, the Scorpion thing, it's it does bother me too. I know it bothers you some, uh, that the fact that it's not just the spear and rope that yeah. he normally throws out, that they had to make it something magical. I get it. When it comes to a film like this, you know, he's not just going to randomly throw it. It's not, it doesn't come out of nowhere like it does in a video game, right? It's not a magic trick. Look underneath my robe. Here <laughs> here it just comes out. So they figured out a way to make it but, mythical and work, but it just doesn't necessarily hold up. But, yeah, I was going to say, out of all the cgi there's two major things and this is one of them is is his the thing that pops out of his hand but i i it's okay cool you're gonna make it 
out of the hand and mystical or whatever. It still could have been a spear. It didn't have to be this like <laughs> creature. <laughs> yeah. Kaka! <laughs> Kaka! <laughs> like, no, they, they canceled the thing. XFL. Oh, boo. <laughs> <laughs> Battle hog. Yes, right. Kaka, motherfuckers. Um, it's still like, it's okay. It's not the best, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily look the best. Like a lot of other ones that they do, other CGI things they well, do, I mean, still look, look okay. Look what they did when he grabbed the end of the gun and it froze the tip. That wasn't bad. That was great. Yeah, and he broke it off, and they did it because they transitioned it over to a practical effect. Yeah. Whenever they did a lot of the transitions into practical, it works because there's a, a, you know, the fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion, like that, actually still looks pretty damn good. Yeah, when it gets towards the end of everything that's going on, uh, so you basically it's just exposition is all we're getting really here in this scene. Like I said, that he can't believe these things are happening yet. It's like you know. Luke King's just like, he's the god of lightning. And, like, you just saw the other shit, so you should just automatically believe that this is the god <laughs> of lightning. Like, are, maybe you're just fucking stoned out of your mind. Maybe you got on the ship, and it had some, like, hallucinogenic, you know, there's LSD just floating all over the <laughs> ship. And, you know, oh, I imagine that guy downstairs. <laughs> you know, and that yeah. brought me there. So, from there, they get to the island. And everybody, we're still at the... You know, start. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the tournament yet. Uh, we're still just getting everybody together. So they get to the island. Johnny Cage falls in the water because he's trying to bring too much luggage. Which was the funny. Right before that, though, remember he? Um, oh, he asked something what was of it? Sonia, uh, and she. Oh, said, oh, oh, she was trying to use her radio to get a hold of Jack, and it oh, couldn't. Yeah. And he goes, "Why you're at it? Want to call my agent?" And she says, "What do I look like? Your? Um, do I look like your secretary?" Yeah. And then he falls in the water. He falls in the water, and then she's trying to still radio out, and it's like, my thing doesn't work. And Luke King's like, look at your your watch, or your compass. compass. And then her compass is going crazy. Yeah. And she's like, why isn't it working? Or, you know, where are we? Where the hell are we? (laughs) And here comes Johnny Cage right back. What am I, your travel agent? (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, that character is written really well, and it's performed really well. It's still cheesy every now and then. But I think that he probably, like, embraced the role out of everybody. Like, he seems to be having the most fun with it. And that guy's gone on to do quite a bit more than just Mortal Kombat. Where some people, this is like their claim to fame for this movie. So, they get up and they climb. And then Johnny Cage drops some of his luggage and almost falls down all those stairs that were leading up to the banquet. And then we get to the banquet hall, and everybody's eating and everything. And uh, yes, sir. If you skipped a scene. Which scene did I skip? When they get to the very top, that's when they see Katana for the first time. Oh, that's right. She see they see Katana for the very first time, and she's out in the distance, and she's mean mugging. Well, kind of mean mugging, kind of. I don't know if she's lusting after Liu Kang already. Or she's like, what's up, big boy? Hey, I heard that you were the savior of Earthrealm. <laughs> you know, I'm going to make sure to have a really shitty exposition scene with you later where we're supposed to fight, but we really don't fight. We'll and Shang Tsung too. is watching us the entire time. Uh, it's, it's so shitty. Uh, so, yeah, so they see Katana for the first time. And then that's also... That's also where we see reptile for the oh, first time. Oh, that's right. We see reptile for the first time. That's where one of my reptile fun facts was going to come into the, the thing from one of the little documentary things. Yes. 
Mortal fun fact! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, so, Reptile, the idea behind him, and I remember watching a thing with Paul S. Anderson, or W.S. Anderson, I should say. Paul S. Anderson is a different guy. Uh, And when he first did it, and he had the idea of Reptile, he's like, I want to include Reptile into the film. And so that's, we didn't make him the, the ninja person that he was. He's a little shitty CG reptile, a weird dinosaur yoshi looking motherfucker there's like a i don't know how to explain him salamander with yeah something like color yeah like like a not a salamander gecko mander or some shit yeah more like a gecko like he should be doing geico commercials yeah think of of a giant or geico commercials in the shape of a raptor yeah that's kind of it but what he said is he's like okay well here's this mythical character here's this character and he's hidden in the first game and so what I want to do is I want to make him, I want to make him invisible, but slightly visible so that like when you're watching it, you wouldn't know if he was there. Right. And he could be anywhere. And he's actually supposedly in a bunch of scenes. Yeah. You just got to look for him and you might be able to find him. And some of them, they're obvious because you can obviously see him. And then other times it's like, there's a statue or something that similar looks like him. And that's kind of what they pointed at might actually be him he's just hidden as the statue yeah he was in a bunch of different but he's in a bunch of different things and when you watch the original cut of the film uh and not when i say original cut i mean not in a high definition film it's harder to see him but now there were times where i was watching it here where i was like oh yeah i don't remember him being in that scene like that in that Mm. like that visible but he's visible because they're going to be interacting with him in a second because i remember the first time that he showed up he just comes into focus and then he disappears again. Here you see him the entire time moving on the screen. So that was the the mortal fun fact for Reptile in this scene. Yeah. So, yeah. So Shang Tsung says, watch after Kitana. Right? Keep Make sure she doesn't. Because she can't get in league with Liu Kang. Well, he just said these humans. In later, he explains it a little more to Goro. Yeah, why she can't more, do that. Yeah. Especially new Kang, because you can't do that. You know, meh, meh. So now we go to we go to dinner, and so they're all sitting around the tables, and everybody's you know enjoying this fine feast. And they're they start off the scene where they just heads. bring in like dumb some food. stuff, dumb food. They bring it in. They show them bringing in, and that's where we get Shang Tsung introducing everybody. Uh, and welcoming them to Mortal Kombat, and then we'll get into the scene that kind of infuriates me too. Welcome. You're here to compete in mortal combat. Tomorrow morning, the great combat begins. Some of you will even have the distinct honor and pleasure to face Prince Goro, our reigning champion. You are all witnesses to one of the greatest turning points in the history of your planet. Treasure these moments. As if they were your last. And now for a taste of things to come. Okay. So. Taste of things to come. Yep. They're going to show off the fighting capabilities of Sub-Zero. And so what do they do? They just put out all this food. 
All of everything nice we, spreads all over the damn table. There's like chicken legs. There's a ham, I think. There's fucking like Casper's cheese dogs over in the they fucking corner. They finally got the Casper's. They got those goddamn Casper's. It's all ready to fucking go. Then what do they do? They throw the fucking tables everywhere. They just throw the food on the fucking ground. It's just, oh. You know, and it's funny because this is something that pisses me off too. And me and you never talked about it but we both got pissed off and maybe that's the fat guy in, fat guy in us or something it but probably, i'm well, just like it's the waste of food exactly we're, we're i was watching this with the wife and, and we're sitting there well, this is the seat that pisses me off she goes why i go because they flip all the tables all the all that food doesn't make any sense food. i didn't what, realize why? that one of the fatalities was food abuse <laughs> no that's a friendship in this oh. world <laughs> food abuse food abuse food abuse <laughs> Foodality. It, it's so ridiculous because they just start tossing everything everywhere. They don't, and they literally just brought out a yeah. giant tray of fucking food and put it on one of the tables, it, and people have barely gotten a bite to eat. And then you're like, "Fuck your food, fuck yeah. your hamburgers, it, fuck your Caspers." No, don't it, get rid of the Caspers hot dogs. And then, can you imagine like those guys that brought that out was to probably turned around and heard the tables getting flipped and turned back and said. The fu- These mother- You just told me to bring this shit out! <laughs> well, and I bet you he, one of the guys, he probably did complain. He's probably like, I can't believe you brought this shit out. And then he's like, okay, you, you're the guy that's going to fight fucking Sub-Zero. <laughs> and he's like, okay, I can do this. And he starts getting all... Let me, let me uh, stretch it out real quick. Like, we're getting ready, basically, to fight Indiana Jones here, you know, and he's doing all his sword play and his tricks and stuff like that. And then he gets ready, you know, and Sub-Zero's just back there. And he starts, like, powering up. You know, he's getting that Kamehameha wave ready, except for it's not. It's a giant ball of ice that he's got going. And he's just, ah. And then the guy's like, yep. And I'm, okay, I'm going to jump kick at this guy and get hit by the ball and totally shatter myself. Yep. Like, that part, I didn't get that much either. Like, why did he shatter, like, instantly? Like, was he flying at such a fast breakneck speed that... He just couldn't control himself, and now when he turned into ice, he just had to fucking explode. It was so cold, yeah. It just compl- and there's no blood or anything. You know, he used to be sub-zero. Now he's just a zero. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, so he's he's basically... The, the guy's on pieces on the floor, and that looks okay. It doesn't look terrible. It doesn't look great. Mm-hmm. Um and it's definitely not bloody, so they can get by showing a guy on the floor in multiple pieces. Which I'll He's make a comment frozen. on that when we get to the scene. But uh, To the scene. You'll the see. Scene. We'll, I'll, I'll let you know when we get yeah. there. So, the, everybody's just like, oh my god. Like, they killed this guy. And then, of course, you know what comes out of uh, Shang Tsung's mouth? Flawless. A little tournament, he said. Be good for the career, he said. Yeah, right. Lou. Hey, where are you going? After Shang Tsung. You can't go after him. Don't you remember what Raiden said? Yeah, well, he didn't say anything to me. Shang Tsung knows where Kano's hiding. You know, you gotta admire her. When she sets her mind on something, it's not her mind you're admiring. true 
Yeah, it's dim titties, though. <laughs> and that ass. I'd say it's more ass than titties on her. Yeah, well, that one scene later on when she's fighting. When she's finding Kano? Is, is upside down boob. Oh, yeah. It's not quite under boob. It's just upside down boob. Uh, yeah. Cleavage boob. I mean, the, the, he gets in as many times as he can. This is one of the times where he says flawless victory, and it's a flawless victory. There's another time he says flawless victory, and it's not a it's flawless not. It's victory. It's funny, because I same thing again last night. I'm, every time I watch it, but I, of course I was like, that wasn't a flawless victory, though. <laughs> you know, it's just so it's so ridiculous, but it's I still enjoy hearing him say it. Like, I'll, you can say fatality and flawless victory all you want. I'll, I'll enjoy it, but it's not going to be the one thing that I need, you know, or, or necessarily agree with. So, you have, uh, you, basically, they follow after him, right? You have Sonya, yeah. Johnny Cage, and Luke Kang. They all fall. You get a shot of the pit, like, mm-hmm. that they have said. But it's more like the pit from MK2 than it is from MK1, because it's the endless pit. Yeah. It's not the spike pit that's on the bottom, and it's got all the different like rock pathways that you see from MK2. Yeah. But it's still cool looking. Yeah, like yeah, I said, yeah. if you look at, as they come into the, the palace before the dinner scene too, you look at all the statues, you look at the way the set, everything is set up. And this is not at a time where you have just a giant green screen that you're acting on, and they're making all these things as just green screen and overlays of computer art on top of it. These are actually like modeled things. Like these people made, maybe they're out of foam, but they look fucking fantastic. All of the sets look no. so beautiful. And so they argue a little bit because they can't figure out where they're going exactly. Sonia has to say something about, you guys don't need to follow me because if I need backup, you know, yeah. just like Stipper, I'll radio for it. And it, it, she's the same one note character. Like, I really wish that she uh, just grew as a character for this film. And she kind of does, but not really. Like, she still becomes like a damsel in distress towards the end of the movie. Where, like, here she's all about being, like, powerful woman and hear me roar and don't follow me. I'm the one that's going to do these things. But she doesn't change like the Sonya character is in the games. She, The Sonya character in the games is badass and really fucking headstrong. But she's not one-dimensional like the character in this film. Yeah, well, I think she just realized she, her role. So she just backed off. and She just stand. backed off and let the men do what they do. Well, you know, so they walk along a little bit after arguing. And that's where they run into the prince of the Shokan. And which... I there's I'm going to say it before this scene even goes through because again there's a little bit of a lengthy scene. First of all, I cut it down by truncating silence so there might be some of it that gets kind of weirdly skipping around or be it's too quick just because it was like a 5 minute scene and it literally cut down to like a two and a half minute scene because there's so much silence just going on between different things. Two there's one thing that he says when he talks about himself, and he doesn't call himself the prince of the Shokan. He calls himself the prince of the underground world of the Shokan. Like, he, they don't give the race that he is. They just say that that's where he's from. You know, and that's kind of like, okay. But nonetheless, let's hear them run into both Kano, Shang Tsung, and where we first get our eyeful of Goro. <laughs> Oh, my God. 
See, me, I believe in a fair fight. You know, one-on-one, man-to-man, hand-to-hand, just like my daddy taught me. But what I saw up there was not very fair. That's Kano. Forget about Kano. The other guy. Yeah, so then he freezes this guy, right? And then he explodes. I could see his guts and everything. (laughs) Almost lost my lunch. Disgusting. What I want to know, if this Shang Tsung guy is so great, how come he's got such a crummy-looking boat, hmm? Anyway, guy gives me the creeps. (laughs) A treasure of these moments. That was his intention. Shang Tsung is a great sorcerer. The wise cultivate his favor. Those who challenge his power become his slaves. Yeah? Well, I haven't seen any of them around. You fool. You know nothing. He enslaves souls. He learned the black arts from the Emperor himself. You're some kind of royalty too. Right. I am Goro, general of the armies of Outworld and prince of the subterranean realm of Shokan. Subterranean? What's that? Something like underground? Yes, something like that. Yeah? Well, I'm kind of an underworld boss myself, you know. Mm. Well, I mean, back home. How lucky for them, back home. True, mm-hmm. Prince Goro. Why else would I have chosen such a disreputable-looking creep? Look at him. No dignity, no manners. Yet in the realm of Earth, men like him can amass great wealth and almost godlike power. Yeah, and I'd like to get back to my amassing as soon as possible, if you don't mind. Now, when do I get paid? After you fought the girl. But remember, she's not to be harmed, only humiliated. And plans for my beautiful Sonia. To what do we owe the honor of your visit, Shang Tsung? I've come to warn you that Gong Lao's descendant is... You must handle him carefully. I saw this Liu Kang in the hall. He'll pose no problem. This is no time for foolish pride. We've never been so close to absolute victory, which is why I've come to warn you of another danger. Princess Kitana. The Emperor's adopted daughter? Why should I worry about her? Princess Kitana is 10,000 years old and the rightful heir to the throne of Outworld. But she must not be allowed to join with the forces from the realm of Earth, especially Liu Kang. What's so special about you? The Emperor will not tolerate failure. Will I? I do not fail! Let's get out of here. Alright, so there's a lot to take in because it's a long fucking scene. And there's a lot of other things. But I know there's something that Patrick wants to get well, off his chest right away. And, and that's what I was saying in that last scene. When the first thing Kano says is, Oh man, he hit him with this ice ball. He exploded everywhere. And you can see his blood and guts everywhere. Almost lost my lunch. But if you watch the scene, he explodes hollow and there was no blood, no nothing. 
and I get the the rating, but I mean, at least have like a blood splatter or something. Something, or, or at least have like a frozen organ somewhere, you know, something on the ground. Because yeah. you say, oh, his blood and guts were everywhere. And then they even- there's like nothing, There's you just see the head, <laughs> you see pieces. Yeah. He's in pieces, but you don't see anything and, and, from and- him. Well, something they could have done that could have kept the, at their rating is maybe just a close-up of some blood dripping or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like it's melting. From where he landed, yeah. Yeah, something went there. Or you, you see the ice, you know, you see like ice blood on the floor yeah. and then it like melts into like a blood splatter or something like that. They could have done something, but this was also 95 where yeah. I don't think they had PG-13 as down as they do now. Yeah. I think that there is a lot more violence in PG-13 movies than there used to be. Like, this is where you wouldn't see half the shit. Nowadays, you do get the blood. You do get every once in a while. Like, you'll see a head get cut off. Or you'll see uh, something that's somewhat gory. But it's okay for PG-13. Like, that's mm-hmm. as long as they show it once. They skirt the line of PG-13. Is what they do nowadays. So, y- you have them. Goro is quite an amazing feat in its own. The device itself, it was basically a million dollars. For that animatronic that they made yeah. for it. And I believe it was it sat on top of somebody too, correct? I believe like, so. I think so. So there's somebody that's definitely underneath the suit that when it's walking around is doing it. Mm-hmm. But when you see it, it it's just an, a, like a marvel to get all the hands moving to get the... Uh, you know, the expressions on Goro's face and everything like that, even though his lips don't move a whole lot while he's talking, but he still shows expressions on his face, especially Mm -hmm. with one of the later scenes that was going on uh, when we have some fun with another character in the movie. Uh, But it's still like at the time, I remember as a kid being amazed when I saw it on the screen, I'm like, holy shit, they brought Goro to life. Yeah. You know, you look at it now, it's a little cheesy. You know, and it's... I still think it looks good, though. It's terrible to say, okay? I'm going to get this out of the way. But it's funny because it reminds me of my grandfather. Only that my grandfather lost those two fingers. He lost his middle finger and his uh, index finger on his right hand. Uh And so he only has the three. I I say, oh, like I didn't know. Yeah, like you know. But he only had the three, yeah. and so when I see Goro's hand, it makes me think of my grandfather. It's weirdly morbid and not necessarily the way, but it does make me think about that when I saw it again. I was like, "Oh, that's what my grandfather's hand used to look," and he got it caught in a in the cannery. He used to work for the cannery, so he was repairing a machine and whoop, just took his fingers right off. Either that or Ninja Turtles might have been Ninja Turtles. You know, he was the shredder. <laughs> not my grandfather but well not that you know yeah <laughs> you, you don't see krang around anymore do you <laughs> since my grandfather passed away oh now i made myself sad uh, <laughs> but yeah so the voice if you don't know he's like i said he may have said a little earlier but he's the voice uh he was in the not this last Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but the one prior to it. Yeah, Nickelodeon. That Jason Biggs was a part of, right? Mm-hmm. So he was a voice of Shredder in that, yep. which originally back in our day was done by Uncle Phil yep. from uh, Fresh Prince Bel Air. Fresh Prince Bel-Air. Uh, for me, the the automatic thing I have is Principal Lewis from American Dad because I can already hear it in the voice, even hearing it back again. Yeah. Like I can already hear those things uh, going on. But yeah, the guy's been working 
nonstop for years and years and years. And like you said, I think before we started too, he was on an episode of How I Met Your Mother that yeah. you were watching, like, you know, you're catching up on the series. And so, yeah. but you can recognize the voice. The other guy, Frank Welker, he'll come up a little later, but he's done a bunch of stuff. And supposedly, like I said, he's the voice of Reptile too. But I can't think of what voice Reptile has. Does he speak during the, the scene when, yeah, when he fights Liu Kang? Getting a little ahead of ourselves. I don't know. He doesn't talk. It just right when he transforms, you hear reptile. That's it. But you don't hear like, no. huh? And like Ed Boon is credited as a voice in this movie because he's the voice of Scorpion. Because he says the "get over here," and but everything that Scorpion says, he's the one that says yeah. it. So it's well, the that, same voice, that which is kind of cool. Character. Well, yeah, it's what his uh, NetherRealm Studios. That's the logo is Scorpion. Yeah. So. So, we, you know, they get away, they run away because they don't want to be found by the gang, right? They're, Shang Tsung is warning about Katana, make sure that you don't, you got too much pride, Goro. But Goro's just like, nobody can beat me, no humans beat me in the last ten tournaments, or nine tournaments. Yeah. Why do you think that anybody's going to beat me in this tournament? You know, and then, yep. how is it that, you know, everybody thinks that's just a tournament, Right. Except for our three main heroes. You're telling me none of the other people that are there realize that this is for the fate of the world? They just think they're going to fight in a random tournament? Yeah. Like, I guess with Johnny Cage it makes sense, but now he knows because of Raiden, right? He would have thought, oh, I'm just going to fight in this tournament for the hell of it. Because I want to prove that I'm a better fighter. I'm not a fake. So I bet you a lot of the other fighters are something along those lines as well. So... They basically tr- go through the hallways, they follow Katana, they see her at one point in like a spider thing, and there is the point where Reptile does pop up, and that's another one of the scenes where, in if you were to see the original, like a standard definition, or like the theater, you wouldn't really notice him walking along the walls until he sp- like pops out and sprays the acid spray into Liu Kang's face, which is not acid. It's poison, I guess, or... What is it? Like spit? Uh, yeah, yeah. Because it really doesn't do it's anything to, to him. Acid spit, but but it's just like, oh, it's in my face. He got it in my eye. I'm not supposed to get acid oh, spit in my eye. My mouth was open. <laughs> oh, did he just pee in your face? <laughs> oh, so now I know how kids do. Now how my ex feels when they happen to her. <laughs> oh, this is like that Bukaki video I was watching the other day. <laughs> Bukaki. <laughs> So, he gets sprayed in the face. Liu Kang gets sprayed in the face as they're trying to follow Katana. But, eventually, they end up back in the same throne room that they were on top of. And now they're below. And the only person that got to eat anything out of this whole situation was fucking Kano. And Kano is too busy spitting shit out all over the place. Well, Johnny Cage was eating a little bit when they right before they flipped the table. But tables. Kano had a whole fucking table yeah. of food. <laughs> Uh, he's got something about this. Right before they got into that throne room, though, Johnny Cage with a, it with a, I know uh, which way Katana went. She went this way. How do you oh, know? It's I can smell a perfume. But here's the super thing: she went this way. That whole hallway was filled with spider webs, mm-hmm. and they broke the spider webs as they went. So if she had just gone that way, what is she? She could like tr- go through solid uh, objects, or she she's Gwen Stefani. She's just walking through the spider webs. <laughs> That's all she's doing. And then he goes, he goes, I can smell her perfume. And they got out, and Sonia, I smell something. 
bullshit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure it was just a sweet bass line that they were popping through and following through. <laughs> doom, 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 Um. <laughs> so, yeah, so they end up back in the throne room after going through all that shit. And <laughs> then... That's where we get one of our first, like, major fight scenes of the movie. Where all the scrubs come in with, you know, their shirtless selves and their mask selves. And start trying to beat up everybody. And it's one of the slowest fucking fight scenes I think I've seen in the longest time. Uh, it's, it's just, like... I, I, I remember it being so much quicker. And we talked a little bit about this before we started. Where... I don't know if it's just me nowadays because fight scenes have gotten so much faster or yeah. like watching Kung Fu movies from uh, Hong Kong or China and they were a lot quicker back then than they are now. Or is it something different? Yeah. Like, was it just that this is just the speed of what the movie was in and I just don't remember it because it just seems like they set up everything like way too well. Like, Here's the clothesline, Sonya. I'm going to slowly... And there's so much, like, slow-mo hey, stuff. That was a good ridge hand, though. <laughs> what next? Is she going to do a chest slap on somebody? That's Guillotine what, slap? That's what it's called. It's called a ridge hand. I know, but the... the oh, like, like, a, that. like, a, the, like the, a Ric Flair slap? Yeah. Chop? I think it's called a guillotine chop, is what it's yeah. called. Something like that. But... She's got, you know, they, they basically beat up everybody. And we got the techno music going on. And then all of a sudden, that's when, you know, Raiden shows up. But Sonya does say something really peculiar uh, before he does. That's the way I like him. Dumb and ugly. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, huh? Well, it was easy for me. Oh, get over yourself. <laughs> what is it with you guys? We're standing... They're not. What more do you want? Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. So why don't you show me what you plan to do about them? Okay, so then there's a big group of people there in the back. So More shirtless. Yeah, more shirtless people. And then, you know, Raiden's like, nah, uh, uh, and he's got the lightning. But I thought he has no dominion over there. I thought he has no power there. So what is he doing? So he's still able to use his power? Why isn't he fighting in the tournament then? In the original game, didn't he give up his godhood so that he could fight in the tournament? I think, event. Well, uh, yeah. Because Eventually he does? Yeah. It, they, like, once again, there was no lore in the first one. Yeah, exactly. He's just... Here's a guy that can control thunder, and he's fighting in the tournament. Yeah. But you find out later that he was the god of thunder, you know, and lightning, or god of lightning, or whatever you want to call him. Protector of Earth Realm is what Raiden was. And it's funny, in this movie, in the credits, when you see Raiden, it's spelled R-A-Y-D-E-N, where it's R-A-I-D-E-N. Yeah. It's, it's kind of little, another mortal fun fact for you. I keep trying to say that, and I keep having to go back and erase what I did. But we're <laughs> going to move from there. <laughs> so, he leads them outside and, you know, basically kind of gives them, a, like, a what for. Like, yeah. what to expect, you know, the next day. Well, like, they well, give him a dummy got, up. Like, a taste. Yeah, you've got a taste of what you're going to do. What do you expect? Especially with Johnny Cage finishing that fight. And he's just fucking huffing and puffing. 
Like, how is he going to fight anybody in the tournament and not be fucking winded after, like, five seconds? They were low on energy. They didn't get to eat enough. Oh, they didn't get to... <laughs> All the food got flipped. They didn't monsters, man. Yeah. You know, this really wasn't around at that time. They just had one of those little monster energy drinks, and they could have gone for days. Yep. They only had uh, Red Bull, I think. <laughs> only Red Bull? That's the only way that they had it at that time? <laughs> if I remember right, Red Bull was around by Red then. Red Bull was... I remember it hit it big in, like, 97, I want to yeah. say. Uh, maybe even a little later than that, it kind of became like the maybe, thing. I remember it was like, oh, then. it's from Thailand, and it's this, and, you know, wherever else is from. So, th- basically, now we get into the big chunk of the movie that is nothing but tournament fighting, right? It's, you know, you have, what, four main fights that now mm-hmm. pop up yeah. until we get kind of back a little into the movie. The first being... Liu Kang versus some random dude. Random dude, yeah. That looks more like DJ than DJ did in Street Fighter. <laughs> Which is <laughs> true. Like, and the, the guy is uh, actually, I wrote the guy's name down, TJ Storm. He was actually in The Predator that just came out in 2018. Uh, he was one of the stunt people for that movie. Oh, okay. So he's done a lot of stunt work is what he's done. But he's not like, you know, big, bad uh, actor, actor person. But even then, I was just like, really? So this is the first fight of the film, right? And the very first fight is Liu Kang versus Scrub. So Liu Kang gets it fucking easy for his first fucking fight. Yeah. And like, and then what's the second fight of the film? Sonya versus Kano. And, and the thing is, is that Shang Tsung does steal the soul of the guy that loses the match. Yeah, which is kind of funny too because he's like, Liu Kang, you'll be first. If I was like, what the fuck? What about me? Shit. Like, I, oh, I guess we know who you think is going to win this exactly. fight. <laughs> well, fuck me. I guess I'm dead. <laughs> what am I, an asshole? <laughs> Keep fighting, asshole. <laughs> and it's just funny because it's like they start out with like poles, right? And they're fighting each other with poles. And then the the poles break and then they he ends up kicking him in the chest. And that's how he wins. It was a double drop kick. Oh, it was a double drop kick. I think it's, he watched a lot. Well, he remember... He spent some time in America, so he was watching, and around that time was the Attitude Era, and he saw the missile dropkick from WWF, and... Well, maybe that's why he went to America. He's like, I can't cut it with this Mortal Kombat shit. I'm gonna pull a Gronk, and I'm gonna go fucking go in the WWE or some shit. And he gets break that and go back to the NFL. That's right. After, you know, you, you want to go with your cheating friend. Yeah. So... But double, double drop kick. Double drop kick is what he gives him, and that, I guess that hurts him enough so that he's knocked out. Or did that like break his rib cage or something like that? <laughs> his chest plate broke his chest plate. No, oh, I guess you're. He fell on that hard sand. So yeah, I uh, guess you're gonna die. So your soul is mine. <laughs> Which is a, that that effect? I felt like still kind of held up to. That's still not too bad. Was this one into the eye? Or no, was this that one, was the this was, was the one where up. he like he pulled put it his, off of him, right? He put yeah. his hand on there and he like separated and his body was yeah. like gray. Yeah, and then yeah. you saw it get sucked up. Yeah, that one's not bad because he has a couple different soul second like, techniques, and I don't agree with all the techniques that he's got. Well, this one's not bad. You know what would have been great if Shane's son said, "Hey, Lou, you look like your brother now." <laughs> <laughs> Remember what I did this to your brother? Oh no, you weren't there to save him. <laughs> so next we go over, and like I said, the second fight and the first fight that we know of for Sonya. Is against Kano. Okay, so she gets a step up fight. Like you get random scrub. 
And of course, we know that Kano is supposed to be the one to beat Sonya here, just humiliate her. But then what would have happened after that? She, he would have gotten Sonya's soul? Is that like the idea? Yeah, remember? I guess, he, wants remember he wants to feel like, like a woman. woman. So what I did was I took the, the beginning <laughs> of the scene and I took the end of the scene and we threw it into one little clip. Because we don't need to necessarily hear all the grunts and... Uh, 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 when she gets kicked in the stomach. Uh, that go on. Even though you just heard grunts. Now look at this. This little baby brings back memories now, doesn't it? What, you used it to knife your mother in the back? Nah. It put a big smile on your partner, though. Yeah. To ear. <laughs> Give it up, baby. I've studied all your moves. Yeah, I studied this. Right, finish it. No, sir, no. Don't. I'll give me a break. Okay. And that's the end of Kano. Which I didn't like that either. That's why I don't understand why in all these movies, they have these major characters, and you know you're going to, if it's successful, they're going to make another one, and you kill off main characters. Oh, yeah, like they used to do in Marvel movies back in the day. Constantly Same thing with killing. DC. Like, you know, Batman movies. <laughs> oh, let's just kill off the Penguin. Let's just kill off the Joker. Yeah. Let's just kill off. Like, that's why I like The Dark Knight, because they didn't kill off the Joker. Like, they just capture him mm-hmm. like he's done. I think they even captured in Batman Begins... You get uh, capturing the Scarecrow and everything. They did kill Ra's al Ghul, but, you know, we know what happens with him in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, with Bane, too. I guess they kind of killed Bane as well. But it, it's still... Oh, yes. Bane. Yeah, sounds like Sean but, Connery. So here's, here's, a, here's another throwback thing here. Mr. Kano, I believe in a fair fight. Mono and mono, hand to hand. Pulls out a knife first thing. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to swipe at you with this knife. And he's supposed to just take it easy. What if she didn't move quick enough? He just sliced her across well, the face. What if he thought that she was going to play knifey spoonies with him and she was going to pull out a spoon? That's yeah. not a knife. That's a spoon. Oh, I've seen you playing knifey spoonsy before. <laughs> he was just trying to get all Crocodile Dundee up in this bitch. Yeah. You know? It's, my but, knife's bigger so, than yours. So we're watching this last night. And, you know, when he says, no, Sonia, don't, he spits. Oh, right? yeah. And He's lands got on dribble like, all over his fucking face. You know, Crystal, oh, that's gross. And, you know, and me and Angela at the same time go, yeah, I'm pretty sure you're worried about being spit on when you just got into a fucking fight and you're about to snap someone's neck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, you spit on me. Ew, you're free. <laughs> no. <laughs> ew, 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 spit. Ew, 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 ew. But, you know, semen all over my stomach, that's perfectly fine, too. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I can't, can't have spit on me, but everything else is fine. That's what the female bell butt, butt, belly button is for. <laughs> what, semen for a lake cup. of semen? <laughs> uh, so, you have them, you know, she kills Kano, okay? And then you get the third fight of the film. And this, I have to believe that this is not Johnny Cage's first fight. There's no way that it could be. But if it is, it's like a big fuck you to Johnny Cage. Because his fight, first yeah. fight is against fucking Scorpion. Yeah. Now, I feel that this fight needs commentators on it. You need to get the right people to get 
the the right commentary for this, you know? Because it's just out in the middle of the woods. It's the middle of nowhere. There's nobody watching. You'd think that they would have some type of, like, closed-circuit TV somewhere yeah. where somebody's announcing it. Now, I found the guys that actually did it for, for the whole thing that was there, right? Went back into the archives. I, you know, I found the Mortal Kombat island that was out there. I talked to the people. I went did a little, like, Billy on the street type of thing with them. And it just happened to be these guys from Florida. Their names are P and the B. Okay? You know, they're these old radio disc jockeys. And they say they got hired this one time. So we're going to bring it in. First, let's let's go ahead and let's talk to P. So, P. Yeah, what what's going, going on, on, Brian? <laughs> you remember what happened that one time? You went out there? Yeah. Well, this guy, his name was Shang Tsung. And he, he came down to the radio station. And he was like, you know, I'm out here looking for fighters. And... I, I happen to come across your radio show, P and the B, and, you know, we need someone to do some commentary, because we got some fights that there's going to be no audience. So, we have these cameras posted all over the place to follow the fighting. So, he paid me and me and B to come out there and do some commentary. Now, 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 where is your, your buddy, the B? Uh, well, he just went to the bathroom. He should be here any minute now. I'll be right out. I'm dealing with it right now. He has prostate problems. Oh boy, <laughs> can't believe I've got this stuff. Now, okay, so so B, so B, yeah. What, 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 what is it? What's going on here? Can you walk us through? Can you give us a recreation, both of you guys, of what the fight was like for you? I just wanna, I wanna hear exactly what happened. When you guys were there, like, I want, if you can recreate the magic, because I heard the tapes after the island, the whole tournament, like, the island, like, blew up or something like that, and it's not, like, there anymore. Well, I remember afterwards we had to get on a boat, and we had to go somewhere, you know, we kind of got off, but they put us in the little room, and there was this little, like, janitorial guy over there, and he was constantly just flushing something, and so we had these monitors on the wall, and I remember, first thing I saw, Johnny Cage comes out. And he's walking in the forest. and yeah, Just trees everywhere. Trees. And I was like, man, I haven't seen this many trees since the burn of the forests in California. And B shut me, and B shut me up. <laughs> I probably shut myself up at yeah, the same yeah, time. Yeah. <laughs> so Johnny Cage is walking around and he's just kind of looking. And then all of a sudden out steps scorpion and i'm like oh shit yellow ninja you can't believe these things and he had this hand thing and like opened up and the first thing he does is shoot that hand thing at johnny cage now johnny cage being the smart man that he is turned around and hightailed it so now this weird demon hand rope thingy which is chasing i made him. sure to mention that was stupid yeah, yeah. Like, that's like the dumbest thing you can fucking... Go, who the hell has a little snake thing in their fucking hands, man? Like, I know you're this, like, famous ninja and everything, but don't you have, like, shurikens? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fighting tournament, you know, Like, right where you throw it, you hear... Snakes. Oh! You didn't yeah. hear any of that. It squawks. Squawks. It squawks, yeah. So then, it's chasing him around, and he's dipping and diving like the NFL, and apparently it reached its limit, and it was just... Right, right in Johnny's face. So, you know, he says, get back here, and it goes away. Johnny decides to charge at him with a shadow kick. You know, when I thought to myself, when Scorpion first said, get over here, I thought, you know what? Maybe he wants him to, like, fight one-on-one, and he should, like, get over here. Yeah. Not, 
Get over here. I'm going to send my little snake thing after you like I'm a fucking pussy. Look at this fucking pussy scorpion with a little snake piece of shit. Well, and, and I almost forgot. Right before the shadow kick, he shoots it at him again. But this time he dies. It sticks into a tree and disappears. And I was just like, oh, shit. He killed his little snake thing. And I remember just being like. Oh my god, I can't believe this. They said if they killed the snake thing, we're not gonna get paid. And then B didn't, you know, PD didn't know what the hell was really going on. And he's like, You're gonna get paid? And I was like, Uh, no. They kidnapped me, just like they kidnapped you. Yeah, I was doing a lot of cocaine back then. <laughs> a lot of cocaine. I mean, so- there was like mountains of fucking cocaine in that room. <laughs> I mean, there was, like, all these glass tables, and there was a couple strippers, and there was, like, this ice guy that was back there. Like, he'd keep it nice and cool for us. Yeah, yeah. He'd just kind of, like, dust it with a little bit. He liked to call it diamond dust, so that he could put his little bit of ice on top of his snow. So, you know. I, I forgot my razor, so he would use his ice powers to yeah. get the girl's nipples really hard, and, and I would just use them to cut the guy. cocaine with Remember that guy that like had knife. the like the, the knives that came out of his hands? Uh, uh, he had these like big fucking teeth. Like, I was like, yeah, I thought he was from the UK because his teeth were so bad. Oh, yeah, Turns out yeah. that he was just another one of those guys from Outworld, and they were actually like razor sharp teeth <laughs> because he took the little guy that was cleaning the bathroom and he like started gnawing on his head. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, he was like very very helpful. He would just stick the thing out and scoop up some cocaine and like <laughs> pass it around the room on his little uh, little arm blade thing. But too bad he didn't get to be in the tournament because, you know, he ended up at, I guess, a, another thing that happened later. Uh, a couple so years anyway, later. <laughs> so for some reason, so, you know, all of a sudden, the shadow kick happens. Yeah. And then they both fucking disappear. And we're like, what the fuck? And, like, uh, how are we supposed to do this? How are we supposed to talk about this if we ain't got cameras and know where the fuck they went? So then we switched it to channel four. And oh, we, yeah. we found them and they were in. Well, see, I was Scorpion's trying to play that. I was trying to play that Mario Kart, you know, and I remembered back then that you know you had to switch to Channel Four to play it because I'm like, we're not gonna fucking like talk about this anymore. At least we should play some video games. So we switched to Channel Four, and oh shit, he's in. There's hell. the fight. Yeah, there's so the fun fact about Scorpion's Lair. Oh, is this a mortal fun fact? Mortal fun fact. Mortal fun fact. They didn't build it from the ground up. They grew. They built it from the ceiling down. Ooh. Why, I don't know, but that's what they did. Well, I guess that was a better way for, you know, Scorpion to be a little more uh, athletic, I, I guess, than he was. So, but honestly, this was like the most exciting fight of the entire film. <laughs> so, so Johnny does his shadow kick, misses while he gets teleported, falls on the ground, and then becomes one of the best fights in this movie. Tournament. Tournament. Yes. Tournament. Yeah, movie. Tournament. Tournament movie. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> We were there. We were there. It so, wasn't just mounds of cocaine that we were doing. We were watching it on a TV and saying, hey, let's talk about just doing this. Yeah. So, Even though it kind of sounds like that's where it's going. Yeah, yeah. So they go back and forth, a lot of different moves, and uh, Johnny Cage ends up, you know, jumping up above Scorpion. Scorpion says something he don't normally say. He normally says, come here. This time he says, get down here. 
I was like, like, you can say more than one phrase? Oh my god, because every time he would talk to us, he'd be like, we'd have our cocaine, he'd be like, get over here, I need some of your cocaine. Like, he wouldn't really say anything, everything was just, get over here, get over here, get over here. That's why when originally he was fighting, I thought he was just asking him to come like... Bring more cocaine. He thought Johnny Cage had the coke. I mean, he was, he like, was Get he, over he's here. an actor. He's in Hollywood. He knows he has that's connections. Right. I mean, he, that's why Scorpion's eyes are white. You know, it's not because he's undead. It's because he's fucking coked out of his mind. You know, yeah. and, and, uh, he makes the mountain that uh, Scarface uses go to shame. Well, you know, he also Scorpion like, got problems. He, he, you know, his family yeah. got murdered. Well, well, you know, he also splices it sometimes with methamphetamines. You can't really mix coke and meth together. You know, that's going to get you like on a vengeance type of kick. It's always about vengeance with him. It's never about forgiveness. So, anyway, so as he yells, "Get down here!" He kicks out the. Uh, the, the the platform that Johnny Cage is sit, standing on, they fall all the way down to the bottom, where Scorpion decided well, to heat things up. And, and this is where I think I decided that I need to stop doing cocaine. Because I could have sworn that he ripped off his mask, and there was just a skull there. No, no, that's, that's what happens when he takes off his mask. That's why I always thought it was weird when he sniffed cocaine with no nose. Oh, I wasn't going to question it. I, I thought I was just seeing things because of the cocaine. No. Oh. Because one day I came in sober, and that's why real. I started snorting coke again. It's it, I saw his well, that, that That I was about to say, that might be a reason for me to start snorting cocaine again, because I quit because I thought the trips were just too bad. You know, it's hard to be in the rock star life that we live going from event to event, being invited to the finest bathrooms to broadcast in all fucking America without doing a little cocaine to make your life a little easier. Yeah. You know, a just of the white pony. It, it just goes so anyways, on there. So anyway, so, so yeah, so he John- takes off his mask and he's like big skull guy and he's like blowing fire out just like he does in the video game. And luckily for Mr. Johnny Cage, there happened to be a shield with bladed shield and a spear. I don't remember where Johnny Cage got weapons in the video games. Do you remember when he got weapons? Yeah, I think it was uh, Mortal Kombat 5 when they started introducing oh, weapons. <laughs> I guess they did. But did Johnny Cage get a weapon? Oh, they. Uh, yeah, he had nunchucks. Oh, see? well now he But he's a that. martial artist of all things. Oh, he must be a fucking Spartan because he's able to use that shield and spear so well. Uh, hoorah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wait, I mean, this is Sparta. This is Sparta. This is, this is so, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> So anyway, he chucks the spear and it like hits him in the fucking shoulder. This is where the fight went downhill for me because I'm just like, if you're going to chuck the spear, isn't going to like hit him in the stomach, hit him in like the heart, maybe even hit him in the head. But no, it grazes him. Still does some damage. He jumps up with the shield, does a slicing motion to the chest and one more to the head. And this is what I realized that Scorpion is a fucking pussy and can't hold his cocaine. Because he just fucking blew up. Whoopsie. He did so much fucking coke that he blew up. Man, you, you gotta you gotta know how to handle your coke. Yes. So as Scorpion explodes, all of a sudden you see his jaw and hand fly over the place, land on the ground on fire, and Johnny Cage gives a friendship. That's right. He gives him and you know what? I was kind of pissed off because I ran to Johnny while I was there and I asked him, man, can you please, you know, 
sign this this picture for me. And I gave him the picture. And he's like, well, I'll make sure you get the picture back when I come back afterwards. After the fuck. And then what the fuck did he do? He threw it on the fucking ground in front of a fucking scorpion. And it caught on fucking fire. And it fucking blew up. To there my goes biggest all my fan, money. Johnny Cage. And I'm his biggest fan. I've seen all of his movies. Yeah. And I gave him all his cocaine. That's what happened to my cocaine? Uh... Yeah, so that was the story. Uh, I think you need to go back to your podcast. Oh. 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 Okay. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Oh, uh, shout out real quick, too. It'd be like that podcast. They brought us back and got us circulating again. Uh, Deuce. Deuces, I guess. Uh, maybe it was a mistake bringing those two guys back, and now I've got mounds and mounds of cocaine that I don't know what to do with. Oh. Well, now I've got less. Thanks, P. <laughs> <laughs> so Those yeah, so there, crazy. there's the stupid. So the the fight is entertaining, and it is literally the best fight because it's the fastest fight. Like I would say, it's the fastest fight of the whole film. Like it's the longest one. But the and when we say fast, it's have. not like it's over in two seconds. We mean no, fastest no, no. as in it's that actual pace where they don't normally right. slow things they, down. They like the other fights, they actually got like two guys that new, were martial new arts, martial arts, and, and didn't really, which is crazy because uh, you know. Liu Kang, Robin Shu is a martial. He came from the Chinese action films, and this was yeah. his first American movie that he did. So he's got speed, and he can do that type of stuff. But he just, for some reason, they didn't do it here. Uh, so yeah, the whole thing. I think it's a it's a decent fight for Scorpion. I think it showcased everything that Scorpion was. You had the, he took off the mask to show the skull. He blew the flame. He used his thing. Again, it sucks that it hits the tree and dies. It's stupid. I don't know why they need to do that when it's yeah. just, can be, okay, well, it got stuck in a tree. I'm just yeah. not going to use this anymore. The teleporting was there. He had his teleport move, mm-hmm. even though it teleported both of them somewhere rather than just teleporting him behind him and smacking him in the face or something like yeah. that. Or giving him a scorpion dick in the ass or something, you know. <laughs> but it still was an entertaining fight. Like, I, I had the most fun with that fight out of everything. I still really enjoyed the way that it is. So from there, it goes from Scorpion to Sub-Zero. And this is one, I feel like it's one of the worst fights. Katana and... and... Oh, sorry. We got... Uh, I even said Scorpion and Sub Zero too, which was a fuck up. We had the Katana, the dumbass Katana and Liu Kang fight, and this is the thing which that is made me laugh. Keep make sure they keep away from these humans. Make sure Katana we don't want Katana to be with Liu, with Liu Kang. Kang reptile. Hey, Prince Goro, don't. We got to make sure she stays away from Liu Kang. Hey, uh, I'm Shang Tsung. I'm gonna put these guys in a fight together now. What? Yeah, <laughs> makes no sense. Like. Okay, uh, the tournament lined up so that the two are fighting each other. I'm the one that controls the tournament. Um, they're not fighting each other anymore. In fact, she's disqualified. She should. Why is she even fighting in the tournament? If you're playing Mortal Kombat and you're meant to kill your opponent because well, they I mean, killed every one of the opponents, is this just a sparring match that he you, set up? You, he's you, just you, like, hey, you know what? We don't want them together, but it's okay if they spar for a little bit. You, I mean, you still have your... Yeah, you have Goro is a champion and he's supposed to be the head main headliner here, but you still have other people to try to take out other combatants. Cause then you can just be like, I, f- this is one of our guys. Okay. I forfeit. Well, you just won again. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, you know, I just, I think I if Kano get... beat Sonya and he kept fighting and then it came down to Kano and I'm just, I'm, you know, came down to the, Kano and Goro. Kano and Goro. And he's just like, 
oh, you beat me. I succeed. I succeed. What, what's the word I'm looking for there? Uh, the, I give up. Surrender. Yeah. yeah surrender. Succeed, a, you know what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I know what you're trying to say. Uh, um, and they're like, oh, Goro just won his 10th one. We own Earth Realm now. It could have happened. But yeah, they'd still have to fight to the death or something yeah, like that. that. And the, but that's... But that doesn't happen here. If they have to fight to the death, and that's the rules of the tournament, he doesn't kill Katana. Katana puts him that's in what a I'm saying. This, thing. As long as they give up, they win the match. They don't have to kill each other. It's just, you know. Then then the match is null and void, because everybody else has to kill each other. Technically, Liu Kang didn't kill the first guy. Shang Tsung came in and killed him. Well, he crushed his chest. Who knows if he was going to survive? Yeah, you know. Now that you mention it, I'm bleeding a little bit in my chest. <laughs> Now that you mention it, I'm getting worse. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a dumb fight because she basically goes and, like, pins him a little bit. And then he pins her and she gives him clues on how to beat Sub-Zero. For your next fight. Use the thing <laughs> element that, that, brings, element that life. brings life. Semen? <laughs> so it's like, wait a minute. So I'm you already know I won this Sub-Zero match, huh? and get yeah. him pregnant? Everybody knows who I'm fighting next already? What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> He's got a Tracy Morgan him? Sub Zero, I'm gonna get you pregnant. <laughs> oh, so, so it's just I I don't get it. I I understand the scene and then like them trying to show those two getting together and the the relationship that I guess they're ultimately going to have and that she's really against what Shao Kahn's done and all this other stuff and she wants to help them. I get it, but in this way, in this fight, it just doesn't make sense. So we go to Sub-Zero next, and that's the next big thing. That's the next big fight. And it's possibly the second worst fight of the movie, in my mind. Because it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's literally, Liu Kang comes in there, and again, it's slow. It's another slow fight. They do a couple of kicks, a couple of throws, and then Sub-Zero starts charging his ice... Ice dome. Like, dome force field that's freezing. And then... Of course, before the match starts, too, Raiden comes in and helps by bringing in buckets of water. Yeah. I thought he's not supposed to interfere, but here he is, inter-fucking-interfere. Yep. So I guess he does have some type of a dominion over this place. For real. So Liu Kang realizes, oh my god, the water on the ground is freezing. That's Whoa. what I must use. You know, and Katana, Katana shows up and gives him that look like that. Water. Yeah, don't, don't forget the water. Don't forget the water. Don't forget the water. I said water. You knocked over one bucket. Don't knock over that other one, dumbass. God, I can't believe that I like you, but I do. <laughs> but Asian fetish. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm a worse actor. I just can't do this anymore. <laughs> so I mean, we're talking about she had another big role. What was her other big role? More come out of annihilation. No, Spy Hard. Oh, I don't even remember her in Spy Hard. She was the one that when he goes, she, she looks just like her photo in the hotel room, and uh, it's, the picture was the exact same. The way she was sitting in the same dress and everything. Remember when he gets there and then they have the fight? <laughs> no, that's not something that I remember at uh, all. I think I've seen Spy Hard once. I think what? that's it. Classic. So basically, he takes the water bucket, spins around. Throws the water and it becomes an icicle that impales Sub Zero. Yeah, and he turns. How does it perfectly become an icicle? Like he basically just went, uh. like he was fucking uh, 
Ozzy Osbourne at one of his shows throwing water on the crowd. He's just like dousing. He's not like throwing it so that it turns into the icicle. He just throws it. Yeah, like it would just been a sheet of water. It's dumb to me that you have the, one of the most powerful people in this whole tournament and oh no, icicle dead. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, he, he, he becomes a much powerful uh, person. So. so once we finish this one. Noob Sabat. <laughs> yeah, Noob Sabat. I know. I, Tobias sorry, I, I said it wrong, but um, and Noob Sabat. So, so from Yeehaw. here, we, we basically, Chang Sung says, it's time. It's time to unleash Goro amongst mm-hmm. the masses. Is and then time? we get a montage. Montage. It's a Goro montage. It's not even that much of a Goro montage. Just people falling on the floor montage. Rocks too. Yeah, they're basically bis- everybody that Goro is killing, I guess, and throwing them on the ground. So he's just beating one guy after another. What's the and word it's you like, always use? <laughs> Fodder. <laughs> yeah, it's it's what like two minutes. It feels like like a minute yeah, something a minute or so. of people flying onto the ground. Yeah. Like it's constant, and then. That's where you get to the fight of Art Lee versus Goro. Yep. And so all of these fights have been outside in nice little venues, uh, in forests, in caves, in temples, all these different places. Where does Art get to fight him? In the fucking dining room. <laughs> and he has a rope around the fucking ring. Yeah. Like, I don't remember ring outs in fucking Mortal Kombat. They just well, they have the, the crowd there to watch, so yeah, the crowd just pushes them back in. Yeah, so like a mosh pit. Basically, Art gets the shit keep it, kicked out of him. And he got a couple of weeks he, in again, and again, this is where he says it. Yep, this is where he says once Goro wins and Art got some good shots in there, he says flawless victory. But he punched him a bunch of times. If this was and a game, a, he would have taken kick. off. Some of his life. Yep. At Even least if it didn't third. do much damage, it still was some damage made done. That's right. Because he was kind of like ahead in the beginning. Nah. And then Goro just started smacking him around. Just Time bitch slapping die. him. I'm going to slap you. Slap. <laughs> slap. 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 <laughs> happy. <laughs> He's just going crazy. And so eventually no. he grabs him. Yeah, Sonya first yells no in the audience. Then he grabs him, looks over at Shang Tsung, and Shang Tsung's like, finish him. And he's like, time to die. <laughs> and then he kills him, and then Johnny Cage goes, no! <laughs> no, actually, he says no at when he sucks his soul in. Oh, when he sucks his soul in. Then and this goes, is the eye sucking of the soul. <laughs> yeah. Right? So he sucks him through his eye. That one I was like, eh. I, I it's okay, but I don't know about like that one being the one where... You know, he basically steals the whole thing. So, he, they've killed Art. We don't know how many combatants are left. In fact, we don't even know how many people were actually in the tournament. Yeah. And whether they're the last three or there's, you know, more to come. But, you know, Raiden talks to them outside. He kind of gives them the what for. The pep uh, talk. Because Sonya is really down the dumps about even trying to beat Goro. We can't win now. How could we possibly beat something like that? Good question. Goro can be killed. Shang Tsung's power can be destroyed by mortal men and women. You can overcome any adversary, no matter how bizarre their powers may seem. There is always a way. 
only one thing can defeat you. Your own fear. So who says we're afraid? You must first face your fears, if you are to conquer them. You, Johnny, you're afraid you're fake. So you'll rush into any fight just to prove you're not. You'll fight, bravely enough, but foolishly, carelessly, and you'll be beaten. You, Sonia, are afraid to admit even you sometimes need help. If you are afraid to trust, you will lose. Wait. Wait. What about me? Oh, you. You fear your own destiny. You already fled it once when you went to America. It has brought you guilt for the death of your brother. I am responsible for Chan's death. No. Every mortal is responsible for his own destiny. Chen, believe this. Why can't you? I tried. Despair is the most dangerous fear of all. I know this. And so does Shang Tsung. He can peer into your soul and use the fear he sees there against you. You must be prepared. So, okay, again... A lot of stuff in these little scenes. There's a lot of exposition when they get into these things. And Raiden is basically giving them all, like, he's just telling them straight. And Raiden is kind of savage in this movie. Here are all your flaws. This is your problem. You need to overcome this before you do anything else. Yeah. And even with Liu Kang, he's basically telling him, look, you know, you, you still haven't faced exactly what you need to. Like, you ran away. That was your thing. You think that you're here. It's all about vengeance. But it's not. You have your own fate. There is a greater purpose for you, my son. So now there's a little bit afterwards where he's on the beach. Liu Kang's on the beach, like, meditating and thinking about things. And having more dreams about his brother. Getting killed by Shang Tsung. Still can't get over that whole fact. And that's where we go over and we see that Johnny Cage and Sonya are out there looking over the water. And Johnny Cage is going to tell Sonya what he wants to do. And he's also going to approach Shang Tsung with his, like, proposal as well. And so, before we get into this little scene here, the one thing that I feel when you get out of this is, like, this is where supposedly, like, the love story between Sonya and Johnny kind of starts. But we really haven't seen anything other than he's lusted after her. Which is... Which which is is kind of the way that it started. It goes, yeah, yeah. But they do end up... You know. Yeah, because he's the reason why he went after he went to the second Mortal Kombat was to rescue her. Uh, but of course, we know how what happens to him at the end of Mortal Kombat two as you go into the third one, which is weird because he somehow comes back again. I don't know how they keep coming back in the games, but they always find a way to bring people back in some way, shape, or form. So here is what Johnny Cage's plan is going to be. Goro's never been beaten. You go up against him, he'll kill you. Well, if I don't, then he'll finish us off one at a time. If I challenge him now, I can finish this. You're making this all sound really simple, and it isn't. Yeah, it is. Because I can't let what happened to Art happen to you. Not to you. 
Oh, don't you dare do this to protect me, Johnny Cage. Trust me. I got a plan. Oh, I can't believe this. You are the most egotistical, self-deluded person I have ever met. Yeah, well, you forgot good looking. <sighs> Challenging Goro, eh? You weren't supposed to fight him now. Are you that eager to die? I'm not the one who's gonna... You're very foolish. The true sign of a hero. You want to protect your friends after Goro destroys you. So what's the problem? As you wish. As absurd as your request is, I have the right to challenge the Winnemite. Or another of my choosing. In a place designated by me for the final battle. Got it, pal. I don't think so. Too late, Lord Raiden. The rules are quite clear. It's how do you say? A deal's a deal. I made a choice. This is our tournament, remember? Mortal Kombat. We fight it. At last, one of them is understood. So sorry about that, the being so choppy, but that was one of the ones where I tried to remove a lot of the, the silent parts, and it got some of the really low-talking things that they do. It happens. Yes. So he decides that he wants to challenge Goro, right? That's the whole thing. But then Shang Tsung makes the deal, well, if you're going to challenge Goro... I get to pick who I want to fight if you win. Yeah. So his tournament is not very structured, right? And and he only has to do one fight. Like the whole thing is, is that even if he were to beat that one person, then he would still win. Yeah, like I said the tournament's not structured very well. Yeah, it's not a tournament. Yeah, you still got three people. That, in fact, if it was a real tournament, those three people still have to fight each other. Yeah, you know. And then this must mean that everybody else that's come to the island has died because he only has three choices that he can choose from. Well, especially when he gets to Outworld. But at this point, why even, you know, I guess we'll get into more, but why even choose uh, Sonya if there's even more fighters still there? That would mean that there's just no other people but these three, and that's all I'm going to choose from. (laughs) So they've made the deal, and now Goro and Johnny Cage are going to fight. And that's where we get to hear a little of, th- of that awesome, awesome Goro theme song. Finish him quickly. <sighs> Pay me my tribute. This puny mortal will be no problem. I'll crush him in one blow. Alright. Let's dance. <laughs> Okay, so, I don't know what it is, all these movies lately have somebody punching somebody in the dick, okay? 
something happens to somebody's dick in every one of these movies. But this is the first time that I'm going to say, for the sake of humanity, if you need to save Earth, Earth Realm, and anybody, you can punch a monster in the dick. Yeah, I mean, like that is okay. <laughs> half demon, I mean, I mean, half human, half dragon. I mean, you know. Yes. It's okay to do the splits and punch them in the balls. It's okay if you're going to have to win it in certain ways. Because there's no rules in Mortal Kombat about punching people in the dick. Yeah, remember... Might remember, not be the moral thing to do, remember, but it's okay in Mortal Kombat. Remember in the game, the first couple, if you tried to do it to a girl, he would just do the splits. You couldn't actually do anything. Yeah, but then they changed to it. it to where you could still, you, could, you know... You could still get a cunt punch. punch in. Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> I said a cunt punch. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you could still get the the punches in, but I didn't even think you could do it to Goro in the original game. No, you couldn't. Yeah, so you know, I guess Goro ain't got balls. So no, no. Goro is is just bending over, and it's great at the end of it too. You see Johnny Cage like shaking his hand in pain because the guy I guess had a real hard fucking set of balls there, a really hard dick, uh, and he runs away. And of course, that leads up to Johnny reiterating one of his. Famous lines from the beginning of the movie. Those were $500 sunglasses, asshole. This is where you fall down. And that effect is terrible. It just... That looks terrible. As he falls down to his death, he just... Falls back and falls into nothingness where there's just a bunch of electricity and clouds and everything like that. It's like watching the Joker die in Batman. It just looks terrible every time that you see it. But Goro has been defeated. He's been killed. And of course, Shang Tsung, he turns out to be a bitch... And decides to pick Sonya as the person that he's going to take to Outworld. You're a coward, sorcerer. That's right. Let's hear him say it. Let me go! Stop! I hereby exercise my right to challenge. I challenge... You're a coward, sorcerer. Stand and fight. We had a deal, remember? Mortal combat continues. I'm simply changing the place. As we agree. Sonya! No! No! Where's he taking her? To the Amber's castle. In the wastelands of Outworld where I cannot follow. We can. Raiden. Can Sonya beat Shang Tsung? No. I'm sorry. You're sorry? There is one last rule. He neglected to mention it. She has to accept the challenge. Or there can be no final combat. I have nothing further to teach you, Liu Kang. You possess the knowledge. All that is lacking now is the will. You sure you don't want to go with us? In Outworld, if you look hard enough, you will find another guy. Okay, so my very first question, I've said this every time that I've heard this line, what the fuck has Raiden taught him? 
Like, uh, yeah. he's like, I've got nothing left to teach you. You haven't really taught him anything. You've said things, yeah. you've given him guidance, but you haven't been like, I'm going to teach... Like, Raiden in the games is not like this Raiden. Raiden in the games really is involved with him. And the fact that Luke Kang in the games as well basically goes along with Raiden, knows yeah. that he's real, believes in everything that's going on, has always doesn't have this other conflict. He's been doing this for the good of humanity and the good of the people, and he knows everything that's going on. So Raiden's constantly in contact and constantly is kind of like leading him in the right direction and is giving him tutorage, right? Yeah. But in this, he's not. He just shows up at opportune moments and says something. Yeah, puts him down. <laughs> puts him, yeah, basically talks shit to him. Doesn't really teach him anything. Basically tells him, this is your flaw. These are your flaws. This is how, you not like how you can do with them. And really hasn't said anything about the tournament in this regard. In yeah. that, oh, hey, here are the rules of the tournament. And, you know, yeah, I taught you the rules. So... What's the last rule? Go save the world. And All right. Remember the last world. The last rule. The last rule is if she doesn't accept, there could be no. That's final right. Combat. Without consent, there's no tournament. <laughs> so, uh, and which again, that's where I'm kind of like, if he was going for something like that, if there were other guys there that hadn't fought yet, that weren't these three, why didn't he just grab one of those scrubs that might have said yes? Yeah. Oh, now he's gone, and all I have to do is fight you. I'll fight you, you know. And then he loses. Boom! Mortal Kombat happens. They've yep. lost the tournament. They, they uh, but evade. instead you, you've killed everybody else. Yep. So, Mortal Kombat uh, <laughs> continues on now in Outworld, where Liu Kang and Johnny Cage have gone. And as they begin to explore the world, which again looks kind of cool, you know, the way that they done the sets and everything like that. Uh, but they do run into one mysterious little lizard guy while they're out there. Lou, I hate this place. I do. I'm telling you, I hate it. I'm in a hostile environment. I am completely unprepared. I'm surrounded by people who probably want to kick my ass. It's like being back in high school. What's that? Wait. What? There's something else. What are you doing? What are you doing? So we've got Reptile. Now he's there, and we have another mortal fun fact. Yes, mortal. We've got two fun fact. So I watched this uh, thing about them making Mortal Kombat way back in the day when they were shortly after the movie came out, and one of the things they talked about was the set for Outworld, and it was so elaborate and everything was you know physically built and everything that there was a guy flying in an airplane. And he radioed back to the tower, and he asked if he was still on Earth. <laughs> Because he was flying over, it was, you know, at night, they're flying over this, and they're like, the guy actually thought he was on another planet. (laughs) Because of just the way that everything looks and the way they have set. Yeah, like I said, they did a really good job 
on the sets. And, you know, when the, the other mortal fun fact that's going on here is when the guy becomes, well, when Reptile becomes a guy, right? He gets sucked into the statue. Which and was then, weird. But... It's just, yeah, I don't know why they just didn't do, like, the ninja. Yeah. You know, just do the palette swap ninja and just have him hidden all over places rather than having this weird creature walking around and doing things here or there and and then all of a sudden being thrown there and becoming a man well the person that's in the suit for that one uh is different than the other two ninjas that have been fighting they're the two other actors that are doing Mm -hmm. it and the guy that's in that suit actually becomes sub-zero in annihilation yeah so he when you're watching it it's the same actor that was the stunt guy for reptile in this and the reptile fight is actually pretty good too. This is actually my favorite fight and this the one music. Is really quick too. Like not not in terms of the length of it, but that it's a fast fight. Like they actually are fighting at a at normal, normal like speed. what a normal speed would be like. Yeah. yeah. So it, and it's fun to watch. It's very fun. This is my second favorite fight of the film and it does pretty well. I I mean, I'm not there's nothing really super special to write home for. Uh, other than you get to see the bicycle kick for the very first yep. time in the film. And uh, I think they even make the noise. He even does the... Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> like, when that happens, like, they put that in there. Uh, and then he, like, curb stomps them into fucking maggots. Yeah. Like, that that's the thing. That's probably, like, the goriest thing that happens in this movie. You still don't really see it, because... Yeah, because you just see yeah. the foot. Yeah. And and it's almost like uh, the Bruce Lee like foot stomp type of thing yeah. that he's got going on there. So he kills Reptile, and that's where Katana just suddenly pops out of the middle of nowhere and gives more exposition and is ready to lead them to the castle where they're going to find Sonya. Well done. You're finally learning, Liu Kang. Katana. Come with me. What happened here? The same thing that will happen to your world. Unless you prevent it. My father was the rightful ruler of Outworld. Then his best warriors lost ten mortal combats. And the Emperor entered the realm, killed my parents, and adopted me to lay claim to the throne. It was beautiful once, before Shang Tsung engineered its destruction. How can I possibly stop this from happening in my world? If I did not believe in you, Liu Kang, I would not have helped you. In the Black Tower, you will face three challenges. You must face your enemy, you must face yourself, and you must face your worst fear. Okay, so a little bit of mortal lore that you got here. Yep. She is, and it's fine for this this movie. She was, she did live in Outworld, right? So where she is and she everything is like that. She is the adopted daughter of Shao Kahn. Oh, that's right. It's just that she's not originally from Outworld. No, Outworld she, is not her location. She it's, was from an, a, Adenia? Adenia or something, something like, like that. that. And that's where Shao Kahn had gone down, got access. They lost 10 Mortal Combats and... He killed the king and took Sindel, her mom, as his wife. And he ended up well. He kills and then brings her back without the knowledge of his of that former life or something like or that. Whatever. Or whatever. Anyways, some, there's some weird shit that goes on with yeah, Sindel, the, but the actual ruler of Outworld was 
um, the Dragon King Onaga. Yes. And yeah, so and, and yeah, there's, there's a lot of there's a lot Mortal of stuff Kombat that lore, goes yeah. on, but it's still again, it's still holding up to the series at least for the most part. Yeah. Uh, so she takes him to the Black Tower, and we get the opening room where we see the giant Mortal Kombat symbol in the center, mm-hmm. and then we see all of the like monks. So I guess in this world, everybody here, the minions that they have, they dress in complete cloaks. So it doesn't matter, I guess, now that you're a man or a woman. But at least you'd be able to tell who was invading your tower, right? Yeah. Like, if they were just doing what they did before. you know, Shirtless. Put the mask and shirtless on, and here you go. All right, I know those boobs. I know that chest. I know those <laughs> boobs. I know that chest. I don't know those two chests and that one set of boobs. That makes me think of uh, Three Amigos. <laughs> like, when he's going up to each person and saying different memories, and then he's like, yeah, when we did it. Who is this Yankee man? <laughs> <laughs> so Shang Tsung, he's back there and he's trying to convince Sonya that the only way to save Earthrealm is for her to participate in Mortal Kombat. I will not fight you, Shang Tsung. I'm not playing your game. Sonya, my sweet Sonya, there is no one else. If you don't fight, the realm of Earth will forfeit the tournament, and its portals will open to our great emperor. You're lying. My friends will come for me. Hoping against hope. Such an endearing human trait, I'm touched. One last chance, Sonia. Fight me in mortal combat. Go to hell. Take her away. The Emperor will be overjoyed. My friends will come. They're already here. Seize them! Stay where you are! Will you dare interfere with the tournament and betray our Emperor? In his great wisdom, he knows that mortal combat cannot be won by treachery. How dare you? Speak to me of treachery. Your ignorance will lose for all time the keys to the realm of Earth. Very well. Johnny Cage! I challenge you. No! You'll fight me. I am Liu Kang, descendant of Kung Lao. I challenge you to Mortal Kombat. Do you accept or yield? I accept. Leave us! I will take care of this impudent mortal myself. Okay, so now he gets to finally show off some of his powers. The one thing that's going on that they talked about all this time is that Shang Tsung has the power of a thousand warriors. And now you're going to fight the power of a thousand warriors. And he fights like six dudes. Yep. But, you know, they only had six portals, I guess. Yeah, they only had six (laughs) portals for them to bust through a thing. Which is funny because you see them bust through and then they show the same scene and it's completely covered again. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, it's like covered. There's like a little bit of rubble too, like on top, but not really. And some, it looks like it's completely sealed over like they did it again. I don't know why they didn't try, I guess, and you probably said it earlier, budget. 
like, why not have him turn into the Warriors instead? Yeah. Like, just use a little bit of your budget to have him transform into a samurai and fight. You can still do all the different people that you're doing there, but why only do it once? So far, he's only transformed into one person in the entire film, and that's one of his big special powers. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense to me why you would do that. Yeah. I don't know. So, Liu Kang easily beats back all six of these warriors, right? He he beats the living crap out of them. They're knocked out on the floor. Shang Tsung is now above, I guess, looking down on everything that's gone on. And then Liu Kang himself has a little bit of awakening. Well, he's seen Star Wars. He wanted the high ground. Well, that's true. And he wanted to make sure. But if he wanted the high ground, maybe he shouldn't have let Liu Kang go up there. It's true. Is that all you've got, sorcerer? Liu Kang! I can see into your soul. You will die. Face yourself. You can look into my soul, but you don't own it. Face your worst fear. I'm not afraid of my destiny. Face me! Lou. Remember when our parents died? And you promised that you would always take care of me? I remember. Now it's my turn to take care of you, brother. Lou, come with me. Forgive you for letting me die. No. It wasn't my fault. Brother. No. Chan chose his own path. Every man is responsible for his own destiny. Shang Tsung killed my brother. So now we get the final, like, final fight. And there's a couple of things in that scene that are... Stupid. Like, and, and stupid. The biggest one is the fact that he changes into his brother. Right in front of him. Yeah. And he changes his clothes. So, like, he's looking at him. Oh, Shang Tsung's wearing all black. Oh, my God. Now it's my brother and he's in wearing red? this red suit. Like, I can't believe it. It's really you. Yeah. Oh. I'm so confused. Oh. It's just, that that part's stupid. Like I said, this is only the second time that he's ever changed into anybody else. Once to lure, lure Giant Cage, and then now to try to fake out Liu Kang. Like, yeah. it, it doesn't make any sense. And like, wh- why wouldn't they have tried it more, done yeah, it more? Yeah. Well, and while this was going on, by the way, you, you heard it, but so you would know that there's spikes getting brought like up on the bottom the floor. floor. Yeah, where the uh, logo is. That's what that noise is. So... He comes after him, and they end up having a little bit of a, you know, fight, like, 
block, punch, block, punch type of thing. Like, it's martial arts, martial arts like, practicing is almost what it's like, you know. <laughs> this the way is, this part, they slowed it down again, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of slow again. It's not necessarily super quick, but it it's a little more entertaining than some of the other slow stuff that we've seen. A little bit, not much. Yeah. But Luke Kang eventually does get the upper hand and tries to get Shang Tsung to surrender. You're your slave, sorcerer. You have lost your power over them. They have risen up against you. Freedom! They are mine. Forever! All those souls and you still don't have one of your own. I pity you, sorcerer. Save your pity for the weak. Surrender, it's over. It ain't over until I say it's over. I didn't hear no bells. bells. <laughs> hey, Bat Dad. <laughs> I am Shang Tsung. <laughs> I am the ultimate Mortal Kombat champion. <laughs> so he does, you know, basically he comes at Liu Kang once again. Liu Kang positions him perfectly in front of the cliff, backs up. He's got the awesome blue light from the trailer, and he's doing his best uh, Bruce Lee and then he comes over and beats him up and eventually uses the fireball technique which is a lot better i feel in this than it is in street fighter yeah, the hadouken yeah the hadouken here it's still they're both still pretty terrible to be honest with you because it's not a flying projectile it's an up close it's almost like he's tasing him with the fireballs what he's doing up close zzz, yeah and does that which makes him fly off and fall into the spikes below. And that's where they instantly carterize the wound right when they go down there yeah, because no there blood. is no blood. But he's been impaled. And then he turns into, like, dust. Yeah. You know? And then all the souls are released. Yep. Up into the wild. He sees all of them. You see some of them from the tournament, too. And you can see Art. one of the guys yeah. from uh, that he just fought one of the warriors on the mm-hmm. ground. You see it going up, which I thought was kind of cool. You yeah. see all of them like leaving his body. And then he sees his brother. His brother actually steps out, forgives him for whatever. And he's glad that he, he beat it. <laughs> you told me you were going to get Caspers and you left to America. But I forgive you. No. <laughs> yeah. You said, you said you're just going to go out and get a cheese dog. That's all you're going to do is get a cheese dog. And I told you, you I was going to get you one too, but I only had enough for me, so I didn't. I couldn't face you. I needed, it was enough for me and gas. And that <laughs> was the drive to America. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so all the souls have gone away. Everybody's happy. We come back to the Temple of Light and we have a nice reunion with Raiden and then something weird happens and the movie itself ends i like this music i've been waiting for you what took you so long i guess you knew it would end this way didn't have a clue you humans are so unpredictable (laughs) i've got to tell you something you guys did great Oh, to me. 
What is it? The Emperor. I've come for your souls. I don't think so. so that was Mortal Kombat. So overall, in terms of like rating for this film, um, well, not rating necessarily, but just your thoughts on the film, like it's still really entertaining. Maybe we focus on a couple of the silly things that were going on, but for the most part, it's still like, I know that my nostalgia hit me a little bit in, in it, like especially when it started. And then I really tried to turn it off to be like, look, I got to look at it in a different light. And kind of see it the way I see other films in this podcast. And every once in a while, I have a hard time turning it off. And I didn't really end this thing. So I recognize that some things are terrible. Some things are dumb in the way that it did certain things in the plot. There's a lot of plot holes in here. There's a lot of little inconsistencies that I have. But overall, is it an entertaining movie? Oh, hell, hell yes. yes. It's great. It's probably one of the best adaptions of a video, video game. game that's out there. I don't know why it's on some of the worst lists that are out there. You mentioned that before we started yeah, the podcast. That's, that's and I don't know why. Because I yeah. think that it, it ultimately did pretty good. Now, Paul W.S. Anderson doesn't have the greatest track record with me. Because this is the second movie that we've done. And this, it's hilarious. Because it's the second movie that we've done together by him. Aliens vs. Predator was the first one that he did. He wrote and directed. But he does have a love for these franchises like he did the resident evil films too and the first one is not that bad they just got progressively worse as time went on and they further and further from the source yeah well even the first one had nothing really to do that he wanted to write like a prequel but i mean like like at least it had you know the mansion and you know the underground yeah it had a lot of labs and there was never an alice character though so, but, like, what are your general thoughts before we get to the rating? Oh, I mean, I, I love this movie. Um, I remember this was about the getting close to the end of my um, martial arts career, <laughs> if you want to call it that. <laughs> well, the only, and the only reason I quit was not because I just, you know, lost interest. Is I was, when I, I started high school in 96, and I started playing football. And football practice at the same time as karate practice or, you know, training. You to choose one or the other. Exactly. So, and I went with football. But I had, I, at this point, I was doing martial arts for, oh, since, like, fourth grade or something? Fourth, fifth grade? I, I oh, can't damn. remember. Maybe fifth grade. And um, uh, I remember, I mean, I think if I remember right, I saw this, my dad, my Sifu, and a couple of friends from class, we went to saw this movie. So, you know, it was, you know, and Mortal Kombat has always been my favorite. I've never been a big Street Fighter fan. I mean, I'll play it, but 
I just never really got into it like I did Mortal Kombat. And I mean, I, I, I to this day, like I said, other than a couple of the plot things, I love this movie. I think it, it, it other than a little bit of the CGI, which we talked about, it oh, holds yeah. up to me. No, I think a lot of it, I think some of the action scenes, and I think that like we talked about too, I think it's my mind in the current action like genre where fighting scenes seem to seem really fast and people move a lot quicker in the way that they've done it than yeah. they did back in this time. And that's where some of it is just like, man, it feels really slow. Because even watching Street Fighter, some of that stuff seemed really freaking slow. I also think that some of the fight scenes is they didn't have a lot of martial artists in it. Like, well, yeah. You know, like the Kano and, and um, Sonya Sonya fight. Sonya, she wasn't a the actress wasn't an actual fighter no where kano i don't know about his fighting but his to me fit kind of kano's fighting style which is more of a brawler kind of a thing anyway so you know and all she really did was like sweep the leg and like punched him and got kicked in the stomach and then she did the um the the throw move but it wasn't the throw which is like the scissor the the scissor throw yeah she just grabbed him dropped him technically uh Liu Kang does that move to Sub Zero. <laughs> yeah, technically, yeah, does some other thing, but I mean, overall, it stayed really as true as it possibly could to the source material for yeah. the time. Yeah, if you were to look back on it right now, you'd be like, "Oh man, this is pretty off." But what we knew about Mortal Kombat at the, time. In the first one at the ter- first time, they had a lot of leeway. They could have gone the way Street Fighter went. And went off the fucking reservation. Yeah. But they didn't. They kept everything grounded as much as they possibly could within the lore of the game and did a pretty faithful job. There's always going to be haters of this film. Yeah. But I just don't know why. Because it doesn't seem that bad. My biggest gripe out of everything, even with like some of the other stuff, would be the Sub-Zero Scorpion being slaves under his power. Yeah. That that to me was the, the biggest. What the fuck? Yeah, that part doesn't make any sense, but you, you want to have a specific, these are the villains, these are the good guys, so this is how I'm going to make them the villains, is I'm going to put those two under them, and then Kano works for them too. Yeah. So you got your six on six, and then Raiden doesn't really do anything. I was actually hoping, I remember when I first saw because I was a Christopher Lambert fan when this came out, and I really wanted to see him do something, but he doesn't do anything. He's a waste of potential for this movie, yeah. and then we all know what happens next. So, if you're going to rate the film uh, going down on the normal scale, what would you give the gore factor of the film? Gore factor is a one and a half, we'll say. Because, there really, there is no gore. I mean, you got a guy getting frozen and then exploding, but there's no blood, there's no guts. Um, yeah, the only one that you get any type yeah. of, like, blood is Scorpion. When his head gets popped off and the pink yeah, but the, stuff comes but out. But even that, it's supposed to be like lava. Yeah. It's not, and then that's that's kind of why I gave it a two because you do get that you get the guy that explodes, but there's nothing really there. Um, you have the Shang Tsung getting impaled. Uh, it could be lower, but I don't like to give out halves very often, so I'll leave it at a two. Okay, you know it's kind of run there. The crap factor of the film. I know you don't like doing zeros because otherwise yeah. I feel like there's really no gore in yeah, it. Yeah, no. The only was, gore is Goro. <laughs> yeah, Goro exactly. But uh, yeah, so I, I, I'll, I'll keep fine. I'll say I'll say two also then. Yeah. Uh, you could do a half on that. that All right, bother me, one and a half then. Uh, <laughs> crap factor of the film. Um, <laughs> how crappy is this film? Uh, okay, so especially watching it now for the, the, some of the CGI, 
I'll give it a I'll give it a two out of five because oh, wow. I, I don't find it to be that crappy. Really, it's the CGI that holds it back. Goro still looks great. I know you have a problem with the fight scenes, but I, you know, I, to me they still hold up as a fight scenes. And then you have the really good ones with Scorpion and Johnny Cage and and um, Reptile and Liu Kang, which Luke, Reptile Liu Kang is my still my favorite out mm-hmm. of this movie. So I, I mean, so yeah. so mine is much higher. <laughs> Mine's a four out of five, and and. And it's not to say, again, that I hate this movie. It's just, I feel like Sonya is a wasted character looking back at this film. Uh, she could have been bigger than what she was. And I don't think, I think they were trying to do this, like, girl power thing that it necessarily didn't need to be in there. Because Sonya's character is a lot deeper than what they made her in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think that some of the other guys are kind of kind of shitty actors as well. I think, like I said, I think Raiden is wasted and Christopher Lambert just whispers the whole time, and it's kind of his thing, but it's kind of annoying. And then some of the fights are just lower than they need to be. Uh, and some of the jokes are really miss more than hit nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it could be, you know, but it doesn't deter my fun factor of the film, you know, and how much fun that I had watching this film again. What would you give the fun factor? A five out of five. So you're going straight five out of five on that one. I just, because I think it's one of the best best movie a video game movies there is like one of them i mean i, mm-hmm. I, I was it uh what that came out recently that uh, I'm try- i know there's another one i'm thinking of but sonic I, I, the hedgehog yeah there you go perfect right there sonic yeah. was that's one I of mean, the better ones that i've seen yeah you know um, detective pikachu is another there one. you go there's another one. one but yeah i mean like especially comparing it to to Street Fighter, what they did there, or say Mario Brothers, what they did there. I mean, oh, Jesus. Th- yeah, did they go off script a little bit, but did they basically stick to the lore of what the game is? Yeah. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's, it's a fun factor of it. I, I could watch that anytime. Just put it on, put it on. So um, I I kind of in the middle of, of two. In terms of a nostalgia fun factor, it's a four out of five because I still enjoyed, even from the moment that it gets Mortal Kombat yelled and you hear the whole thing, like I was already all in and watching the movie and everything like that. In terms of looking at it a little critically, it's a three out of five. It's still really fun. Uh, it's still, and that's kind of where I'm staying, um, but it, it's I don't have a bad time watching it. And any of the flaws don't bother me enough. If I was just sitting there and watching it, not like taking a bunch of notes of things that I want to see and want to yeah. whatever, I would enjoy the shit out of this movie still. Like I, it wouldn't look at it as critical. And I could probably go back and watch it again. And even watching it the quote unquote three times that I've done here, it's still entertaining. And I'll go back to it again and watch it again. So it's not a movie where it's like. Only when I feel like it or only when I'm doing something am I going to go watch it. Mm-hmm. So, overall, what would you give the film? Overall, even though I just did the fun out of five out of five, I'm going to yep. go four out of five. Uh, four out of five, it has begun. <laughs> it has begun. Because the the, the things that don't, that don't hold up, as in the, some of the CGI... And then some of the, like, the, the whole Scorpion and Sub-Zero are deadly as enemies, but slaves under my mm-hmm. control. So stuff like that is not going to make it a 5 out of 5. But overall, I give it a 4 out of 5. And I'm going to give it overall a 3 out of 5. I think that it still holds up. It has its flaws. And it's going to be a 3 out of 5. Uh, souls will be mine. So, it's, oh, sorry. Souls. 
will be mine. Your soul. <laughs> so it's, I think it's still fun. It's very entertaining. Uh, it is, uh, your mileage may vary if you've never seen it before and you just don't know. Maybe if you are really into the current versions of Mortal Kombat rather than the, and you didn't start from the beginning, it may be a little bit too much for you uh, if you enjoy the series. But I still think that there's enough in it. And Johnny Cage, Kano, and Shang Tsung, those three performances alone are worth, uh, you know, having a basically a star for the film. Uh, but there's just a couple of things that still bring it back a little bit for me. So overall, it's still a fun movie. It's still a great movie to watch. And you'll be singing the soundtrack and doing all that yeah. stuff, you know, for days and years to come. And just remember, too, that this was 95. This is 95. So that's... You know, it's it's different than now. It's much different. That's why maybe, you know, that's why I'm trying to, for me, keep the nostalgia out of yeah. it. Because that would have been like, oh, this is a 5 out of 5. No brainer. I fucking love it. And I do. I do still really love this film. So, with that being said, uh, the next film on the docket, well, of course, we're going to go back into the well. And we got to finish the, the series here with... Uh, yeah, this one. Every generation, an ancient gateway opens that links the Earth with another world. But this time, the ultimate evil has been released. Now, the fate of our planet is about to be decided. combat annihilation and if everything works out uh there'll be some guests that we'll have on that episode to talk about that movie uh weren't they fighting for our lives too this mo- movie because they like kinda were they, too, did they say but... you're fighting billions are are depending on you uh... no but, but last time <laughs> they were more like fighting for their own things and then it turned into that yeah. this time it's definitely for their our lives i still got mad that Ugh. they didn't use uh sector yeah, the they movie. use Smoke instead, yeah. which is weird. And Random. Smoke was a hidden character, too. Doesn't make any sense. But, yeah, so we're going to talk about that, and uh, we'll see how that goes. So, Pat, you want to promote yourself, uh, give us some plugs? Yeah, so you can find me on the Paranormal Pativity Podcast. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, IGTV at ParanormalPat64. And you can email me if you like If you have bleh, I can't talk. Uh, if you have a uh, experience or maybe... Um, you want to come on the podcast? We can come up with something. You can email me at paranormalpat64 at gmail.com. And you can also find me on Facebook and YouTube at paranormalpat64. 
Activity Podcast. You can find the podcast anywhere you can find the Terrible Terror Podcast. That's true. And don't forget uh, the Terrible Terror Podcast as well as the Paranormal Activity yep. Podcast. It's part of this uh, slightly irregular podcasting network. You can find it out there, SIPnetwork, or .us, I believe, or SIPnet.us. Yes. Uh, it's, it'll be in the you know, notes <laughs> below uh, to make sure that it's there along with all the connections over to Pat. But there's a bunch of different podcasts that are all together from Deadhead and Radio, Five Fave from Fans, uh, the podcast from Another World, Paranormal Pativity, Angry Dead podcast, Back in Time podcast, and From the Wastes. Uh, we've all come together we're all to support each other, and everything's out there. Did you say podcast from another world? Yes, I did say the oh, podcast from that. another Sorry. world. That was, I was one like, of the how the hell did you days? How did I miss that? <laughs> and uh, so, also to mention, we've updated the T Republic store, uh, T Public store. Sorry. Uh, and we've updated with podcasts from another world uh, merchandise, so you can get a bunch of stuff there, or pick up a T-shirt from the Terrible Terror podcast. Either one are available there, um, and we're looking at getting uh, maybe a corn tree shirt made, yes, uh, to put it up there and see what happens. But yeah. uh, got to talk with some stuff, and he's got a pee. So don't forget that you can follow the podcast out there on all your favorite little platforms. Follow the podcast on Facebook, facebook.com slash Terrible Terror Podcast, uh, YouTube, Terrible Terror Podcast, T underscore and T underscore podcast out there on Twitter, and Instagram, Terrible Terror Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Be safe, be healthy, and we'll see you next time. A B. Uh, yeah. Are we getting paid for this? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I need more cocaine. Oh, maybe we should just steal the stuff that's here. I'll get the truck. All right.